three, two, one. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is uh, Friday, September 2nd. We are on the air. We had it. Gave us a little bit of a scare there. We uh, we had the same issue that we had on Wednesday. We couldn't figure out why the, the audio wasn't working. We tried for Keith Wynn, who's in studio today from 3 to 6, by the way. That was the second time he got to hear the lovely intro, which was just as good as the, the, the first time. But thank God. I was a little bit nervous. This is a big show. We got a game tomorrow. We finally made it through the offseason. And before we talk about any of that, we have to also say it's a big show because we are coming to you live from the U of L College of Business studio. How about that? We love U of L College of Business. They've signed on. Uh, we're, you're going to be hearing a lot about them for I think the next several months. You're going to be hearing about the fact that they've got paid internship opportunities. They've got global study trips. They've got 13 months to complete all that good stuff. They have a you know certificates, career support. All this stuff, you're going to hear a lot about it. Uh, they've got this 13-month full-time program that they're very excited about, which is both unique and affordable. If you want to find out more about that, go to uh, business.louisville.edu. We're so happy to have them on board sponsoring our studio. As mentioned, though, we've got Keith Wynn here today. Uh, Trevor Kelsey is here as well. He's you know, We're going to check on his status later because I know we were a little bit concerned about with the, the, the KRC golf scramble and all that going on today, whether or not he was going to be here in like some way, shape, or form. But Keith, first and foremost— been well, I guess a couple months since we had you on the show. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Welcome back in. Yeah, happy to be here. If there's anybody who's at least as excited as everybody listening about football, maybe more so, it's probably you. I think everybody knows that who follows you. Yeah, definitely excited to get the season started. It's just, it feels like it's been sneaking up, but it's fine. You know, watching games last night was awesome. Uh, it was really good to just be back to watching football and really excited about tomorrow night. Now we love having you in. You know, under any circumstances. So when you were like, "I'm off work Friday," we'd love to ha- you know, call in or come in. I'm like, "Hell yeah, come in. We'll do the show." I would have done that anyway because it's football's here. But I was very concerned because Trevor was going to do the KRC golf scramble this morning. Uh, in his words, he was going to be fried for I think 12 straight hours. You know, because the sun's so bad. Of course, is what we're we're talking about. It was going to be you know. So I was worried about his mental state coming in here. I thought I might need a little bit of backup. But Trevor's been not feeling great the last couple of days. Trev, did you make it to the the, the Big X golf scramble today? Oh, no. The slow mic lower <laughs> leads me to believe that the answer is no. <laughs> I did not. Okay. Okay. It's probably a good thing because you seem like, I'll be honest, you seem better today than you did yesterday. You look I, better. I feel as good as I've probably felt since Monday afternoon. Good. Good. And by the way, unfortunately, I haven't even uh, touched that left-handed cigarette since Monday night. Man. 
You know it's real then. I mean, this is like since I mean, this is like a streak reaching like gallbladder surgery slash like fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> so you you were telling me a little bit before, and I said you had you woke up to though like seventy six. 76 missed calls from Scooter Dingus. From Scoots. Now, in my How badly does Scooter not want to work this morning? <laughs> That's a very good question. Uh, how much can I sleep through? Uh, when my phone is, the ringer's not on, I will not hear it. And I think I've told you, I can sleep, especially if I'm like under the weather, which, oh man, now you sound like me this morning. I just swallowed um, the wrong way there. Okay. No, no. I'm good. Um, I, I'm a very heavy sleeper. Like, I think I've told you a story about, you know, sleeping yeah, on the couch yeah, and yeah. getting robbed and everything. They stole everything but me in the couch. I love people who don't know that story. Just like, wait, what? I'm gonna yeah. need to hear that whole thing, but we, we won't dive yeah. into it. That's for another day. Football's here, for God's sake. If you, just text in next week or on, on, on a random Wednesday on a bye week and ask about the Indianapolis uh, home robbery story. It's a classic whatever. Wednesday story. Yeah, it is. So uh, yeah, he called me like 76 times. He called my mom. Like he called Nancy. <laughs> she, she comes to my room. Dingus. Why is he calling Nancy? She comes to my room and she's like, I got Carter on the phone. He says you're supposed to. He says you need to wake up, and I, all I remember saying is, "I set my alarm for seven thirty. and she goes, "It's eight fifteen. Oh, <laughs> I was like, "Okay, not good. I had no idea." But honestly, you probably made the right decision because if you were going to have to go in there, at like you know, if you were getting up at seven fifteen this morning, I don't care what time you went to sleep. Trevor Kelsey does not operate before noon. Uh, well, let alone like five hours. I mean, if I noon. hadn't been sick, I mean, <clears throat> it would have been bad. And then say I've got I've got the I'm, I'm gonna be here for you know the rest for a few more hours tonight after you all leave because we're loaded with the next game we got, yeah we got 50 million games on our network tonight. so uh, I'll be here until probably around 10 I mean there won't be a running clock tonight with Mail and Saint X so like there was last week Saint X game but well, we'll uh, so I'll be here till about 10 what do you think Mail's gonna blow him out that bad yeah we'll see I like the confidence. we're gonna talk about that's our high school game of the week I, I like that confidence in the Trinity guy over there well so uh, and but yeah I, I, it's I'm sure they're very upset at me. I'm sorry for for those that bought the, the scramble tickets just to see me. I know you probably there the was, many was was uh, in the dozens of those, but you know you can always come up here and just say hi to me. Now we are receiving multiple reports right now that 96.1 is static. Okay, <laughs> I hate to just to bust your bubble. I could tell like how how upset you were to hear that, but I think I don't know about 14.50, but I think that. So stream sounds like it's good. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know about fourteen fifty. It sounds like ninety six one is just static. Yeah, that's a, that's an engineer issue that I will uh, I will get onto. Where's that guy who was out there the other day? Can you berate him again? No, that's that's our that's our that's our engineer assistant. I guess he's right. not the main guy. Trevor just yelled at this guy. It was it was horrifying. Not berate. <laughs> he did. He did. It was like the most polite. Like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> just wondering if you happened to have pulled a plug that you shouldn't have pulled. That's, that has and then been... I went on there. I'm like, Trevor. Trevor's just railing this guy that's out there. He's just yelling at this guy. It's it's, it's horrible. Me cried a little bit, but it wasn't that much. Uh, Texas says <laughs> Texas 1450 is good. No, the Texas says 961 is fine now. So okay. there Could we go. A hiccup. Who the hell knows? I mean, this is what this whole week's been to me is a hiccup sleeping. I got. I, I told you I wasn't lying when I told you yesterday I was going home and going right to bed. I did. I uh, got. I got. I watched the very first series of the pit game. Only because I love to see the atmosphere of the backyard brawl. That oh, was awesome. That I, I was like, I'm, I'm watching this. I watched that. I got that atmosphere in me, and I watched both teams look like total poo poo in their first drives. And I was like, I'm gonna go lay down. So and that's the last thing I remember. Apparently, 961. And I heard somebody say this yesterday too that it just like goes in and out. Like there's, it breaks up a bunch, which is not not great. But but apparently it's working now. So we'll you know, we'll do what we can. Sweet 1450 up. seems to be going well. The stream seems to be fine. 
96-1 apparently is going a little bit in and out. Uh, meatloaf taught us anything. Two out of three ain't bad. I'll take two and a half out of three at this point. <laughs> we're feeling good. Uh, we're here until 6 o'clock today. Full show if you want to weigh in. As mentioned, the Thornton Sex Line is the place to do it. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line. Uh, summer Cash Bash. This is the last week of summer. So if you want to a last-second entry into the Summer Cash Bash to try to win 10K or to try to win the grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. Today is the day to do it. Download the Refreshing Rewards app. Click on the Summer Cash Bash icon. That's all you have to do. If you're not a Refreshing Rewards member, you don't like using app stores, you find them big and scary, very easy. Just text REWARDS, all one word, to 80313. That will also get you enrolled. Uh, Summer Cash Bash. Thornton's has been doing all summer. They've given 10 grand away every single week. Now we're at the final week. Get in there. How, how great would it be for to, to just you know laugh in the faces of all these people that have been playing every single week all summer long, and then you get in at the 11th hour and you win 10K, or you win a 2022 Chevy Tahoe? It could be you. Make it happen. Uh, Keith, I guess we'll start here. We're getting to, we have plenty of time to talk about Louisville-Syracuse and maybe the, some broader things with the season overall. But last night, since you actually watched the games instead of Trevor, who was like, who won last night? I was like, are you serious? Um, <laughs> you said it was Pittsburgh and did Purdue win? Purdue lost, and we're gonna have to talk about it a little bit later. You're you're not going to believe it because you didn't watch the game, but that we we're going to have to be a little bit mean to our our friend Jeff Brom last night because everybody else is being. Well, no. Yeah, yeah. No, Trevor Trevor didn't watch, so no. he's. Um, I fail to believe it. You're making stuff up again. I guess before we talk about last night's, I was going to talk about last night's game, but we have breaking news. Second day in a row, we've had breaking news during the show. The Cutsville playoffs is going to twelve teams, folks. I saw that, yeah. It's officially happening. They, uh, according to multiple that people. That means we're in now. The CF. The cards are in the playoffs, everyone. <laughs> I said this yesterday. I said this. So the CFP Board of Managers has decided on a 12-game college playoff, uh, which I, the way it was laid out yesterday is it's going to take effect in 2024 um, and 2025 because it's the last two years of the, the current contract. I guess that's not official yet. It could technically start in 2025 or 2026. But if you are the fan of a program that say, I don't know, has the highest-rated recruiting class in the world waiting in the wings in, in program history. <laughs> Guys that are going to be sophomores and juniors in 2024 or 2025. I feel like this seems like pretty good news. Yeah. Being in a 12-team playoff would be a whole lot of fun. I, I, I'm happy right now. Yeah, seems like positive news. I mean, you know, uh, I think it gives Louisville and other schools that are on the outside looking in every year an, an opportunity, which is great. And I think that, you know, as a – Big time college football fan. I I love underdog stories. I love watching the teams that, that don't normally get in have a chance. So I mean I don't I, I think the the detractors will say that well Alabama's just going to beat another team. Well I, I'm sorry that's just even getting a chance is actually fun. And sometimes right. those games are good. And sometimes you have upsets. We know that. So you know it adds more of a potential of upsets, which I'm for. That's all. I, you know to me it's just, it's. You know, getting so deep into it and all this stuff, it's, it's more football. It's fun. You know? I don't even care if they, if they don't have the upsets, which, you know, if the NCAA men's tournament, and honestly, if some recent BCS games over the last 20 years back in the day, we talked about Boise State, Oklahoma yesterday on the show, if those are any indication, you're going to get a handful of big-time upsets. You may not get, you know, the the 16-1-esque upset where, like, a, a Troy beats Alabama in the, the, you know, the, the quarterfinals or whatever it is, but you're going to have some teams get a chance. I don't care if they never win. The fact, my biggest problem with college football has always been it's the only sport that exists where you can win every game you play and not have a chance to, to play for the national title. Yeah. It, it, it makes no sense to me. If you win out, if you schedule, if you beat everybody you can beat, if you have no control over your schedule, especially in a sport where the, the sample size is this small, yep. like maybe the, the 12-0 and team from the American Athletic Conference would be 6-6 six and six against the, you know, an, an SEC schedule. We don't know. We've got no idea. Let them play the games. Let them have a chance. It's why you know, college basketball is 351 teams 
only thing you can do to have it be semi-fair is a big-ass tournament. Yeah. It's not going to be perfect, but it's the best thing you can do. Same, I mean, and 12 teams, I don't think is, it's certainly not a big-ass tournament, but it's enough to have anybody who would warrant inclusion based on their regular season play get that opportunity. And I think it's great. I mean, we were talking about the Boise State game yesterday. How much better would it have been if instead of like that being the crowning achievement of that Boise State team, this this unbelievable game, the, the hook and ladder, what if they got to play for the national title the next week? Yeah. By the way, Louisville would have been in that playoff. By the way, all right, they would have been. And like you know, what if we yep. had, had you know had been playing? Like it just it only seems fair. Like like to ha- to at least have a shot. And I get that it's going to water down some of the other bowls. You know what? The, the other bowls are already watered down. Yeah, they are. I I, mean, I can't tell you any of the other New Year's Six games a year after they happen anymore. Yeah, I, think, I can't. I think they did. They they accomplished the watering down when they added forty more of them. And started just add, and just it's, changing names to them. They're great to yeah. watch during the holidays. I get exactly. why the TV rankings are great. I love having them on in the background. I instant like instantly forget them a week after they've happened. Yeah, they're not they're not really important from a standpoint of the entire season or or anything outside of the fact that it's just more football. And that's the thing that I think people like every year people complain about bowl games. I'm like, it's just more football. Yeah. Like, why would you complain about that? You don't have to watch them. And I don't care if all the players opt out. Like, I'll watch the backups. Yeah, it's football. It's football. So I think that's the thing for me is that, you know, watering down the bowl games, they're, they're at a point now that a lot of them or some of them are at least going to a, going to a point where they're, they're purposely kind of taking that angle of being, hey, we're kind of a sideshow. You know, you had – Ryan Nani in the in the cheese it outfit or, or yeah. the Outback Bowl outfit, yeah, yeah, Outback Bowl, like all those types of things, dumping mayonnaise on coaches, yeah, which like, is never as, as good as you want it to be. Exactly, yeah. but it's but that to me, do those types of things, make it enjoyable for the players that are there, the fans that are there, and from a TV standpoint, the games are the games. I mean, they're they're typically pretty close or at least have something fun to them. It's just more football. I don't see the point in complaining about it. Same, and I mean this is. If you're upset, if you're one of those people who are upset about players opting out of of bowl games, this eliminates that because yeah. players aren't. I mean, it may happen. It may be a deal where, like, you see a few years down the line, a player opts out of the five twelve national first round game. I don't think it's going to happen all that often. You, you, you want to win national championships. Mm-hmm. You don't. We haven't seen in college basketball like nobody has is opted out of the NCAA tournament. I mean, Zion Williamson put his career at risk coming back from injury to play in the NCAA tournament. Have we had a player opt out of a. a, a- major bowl game? No, not not the playoff. I mean, yeah, I mean, it I, even, or even in just even in like a Cotton Bowl. There's been a there've been a couple that have opted out of the like New Year's Six games. Major okay, games, a yeah. couple I'm here and there, but the few and far between, I assume. Eh, it, it, few and far between, maybe. I mean, it's it's getting bigger and bigger every single year. It, it's just going to keep happening because those yeah. games, like we said, I can I couldn't tell you who played in the if it was a not a, a playoff game last year, the Cotton Bowl last year. And there's nothing coming after it. I mean, that's the thing is that the playoff inherently gives you a chance to play another game which a lot of guys are going to be, that's all you need, you know. And, and I think at, at worst you might see some kind of, some, some top-level, super high-level lock top five pick, but that's it hasn't happened yet, and I don't think it's going to happen. I don't either. I, I think it would be so rare. So at this point, you know, that's an, it is another aspect of it. So the aspect of, you know, stopping guys from hopping in the portal uh, a little bit earlier, and maybe now, you know, it's a, it's a, hey, I'm going to play out the rest of the season or stick around or whatever it may be. So – there, there's some other aspects of it that I think helps college football as a whole, um, but I think more than anything, it it engages your average fans a lot better. And I, I always sure. talk about this. There are a lot of people, and I know you have friends that are, I'm sure, aren't huge college football fans, but they watch and they just don't care. They and don't care about college football because the same teams are in the playoff every single year, and it's just like it's just not as fun. I've I'm, noticed in recent years, my friends like those those types of fans are like more and more like college football sucks. Like, yeah. I'm not paying any attention. This is just it's not fun. And part of that is Louisville falling off a little bit, but more of it is just like they're like 
the games are too long. It's the same teams every year. Like, yeah. wh- why would I invest myself in this? Exactly. Now, I know this may be a little premature, but that's kind of my MO anyway with everything else in life. So, uh, get a rim shot in here. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Hit me up. Um, it, initially, I've always just said going eight, five, your five conference, power conference winners, three wild cards. Seemed perfect. Seemed like a perfect match. It was, there was nothing to do. Now, 12, I guess, how do we decide who gets, I mean, we're just going to go by the BCS rankings or. Well, there's no BCS B, anymore. Or whatever, you know, uh, championship rankings, whatever you want to call it. The playoff rankings, because. I think you'll just have a seating committee like you do yeah, now with the college I mean, playoff. Are we going to send co- our conference winners? Because by 2026, how many conferences are we going to have? I'd be willing to bet that you three? send. Uh, my, my guess is you get six guarantees the five power conference champions and then the best group of five team they all get guarantees and the six other teams based are we going to have five committee. power conferences in four years well no but we i mean maybe if not then you can quickly you know you make it five guaranteed spots and then you can take the seven best teams and then you have a ranking committee just see the, the tournament top four teams get a buy other eight teams play in the first round and advance to the quarterfinals i mean if we if we add if the big 10 in four about in four years and it's could be easily understandable if the big say the Big Ten and the SEC are up to up to twenty teams, I mean, do we put a limit on the amount of teams a conference can send? No. I mean, where, who's the start? If we're a twelve team league, who's to say the SEC doesn't send ten of them? Well, this is well, that's not going to happen. But well, you you say that, but how many times have we seen that in the uh, even in the four playoffs or in the BCS? That well, never more than two. <laughs> yeah, and that, that ten out of twelve would be the equivalent <laughs> of like having all four in a four team playoff. I, I think that you would. This is why you need a playoff. Is if you're going to argue that the SEC deserves like six or seven spots in the playoff, or even like four or five, they're going to have to prove it on an annual basis in the playoff. Like they would have to dominate this thing every single year, and then they could at some point down the line and be like, "Hey, a ten and two record in our conference is." not equivalent to an 11 and 1 record in the ACC. And we've shown that by beating your brains in every single year in the playoff this year. Like more data is good in this case. We we've got you're going to have fewer and fewer non-conference games moving forward with these leagues expanding. So you need to have more non-conference like results to try and figure out exactly like what the the respective strength of these leagues is. And the only way to accomplish that in this modern era where the, you know, conferences want to play fewer out of league games is to have a a, a bigger playoff, more data. And I think it's a good thing. I mean, does this make conference championship games irrelevant? I think they'll probably think other than the money stature of it. I think they'll probably end up having to scrap conference championship games. But if they're making money, they're not going to scrap them. But you also yeah. you can't ask kids to play. This would be if you scrap conference championship games. You're saving the, game. the, the the most most games a team could play in a season right now would be sixteen. Four games in the playoff, twelve games in the regular season. That's just one more than they're playing right now to win a national title, which is fifteen. And then the, then the whole like you're wearing these kids out, you're playing on a professional schedule argument loses a lot of merit. If you ask them to play, I mean, conference championship game plus then four potential games out on top of it, that's seventeen. That'd be it's, it's, it, that's asking a lot. Yeah, but money's more important than the kids' health, according to play. Well, that's that goes without saying. But there's yeah. also there's also a limit. They have to at least keep up the facade, of, like having <laughs> oh, okay. some care about these kids. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's right. I Especially forgot about the facade. When you, when you throw in the fact that obviously there's still no there's no sharing of that profit and right. whatnot with the players, yeah. then you run into you do you are going to run into a situation where there's going to be a major pushback, and I think the NCAA is in a spot where I, they're a little bit vulnerable. I don't think they're able to really kind of push that envelope too far uh, because you have politicians and, and whatnot now kind of breathing down their neck from a standpoint of essentially unpaid labor. So, I mean, Can we give players bonuses if you win the Big Ten championship game? 
Probably. I'm pretty sure the NCAA doesn't want to do that. But, but it, it might happen. The NCAA's given up on trying to do anything they want to do at this yeah. point. I mean, they've tapped out. I, I hate the notion <laughs> of, like, well, this is just going to water down the regular season. It, it's not. because no. it, it just adds a different element to it. I mean, take, for example, 2016, which was, for those first 10 weeks, like the most exciting time we've had as Louisville football fans. Like, we're Lamar Jackson's doing his thing. We're right around the top five all year long. Like, we're in that college football playoff hunt. It all comes crashing down with a loss to Houston. Let's say that loss to Houston is, is a little bit less lopsided than it actually was. All of a sudden, that game against Kentucky is not just a throwaway type, hey, it's just a rivalry deal. That game potentially is to get you into the, the, the 12-team playoff. Like, you can have games like that all across the country. Like Ohio State-Michigan, it may not be for one of the, you know, the four spots in a four-team playoff, but it might be for who's going to have home field advantage if, they're, if that's the way they end up seeding it, who, or who's going to be the number one overall seed, or who's going to get in. You know, if Michigan's like the number 10 team in the country and Ohio State's number two and they just wax them, does that knock them out of the playoff entirely? There's always going to be an element. It, you know, it, there's just it's not like the, the NCAA men's basketball tournament where you are going to have a couple of games at the end of the year where you know, this team's they're still going to be a one seed whether they win or lose. The sample size is still so small that you're going to have dramatic ramifications every single week. It may not knock you out of the playoff, but it could easily knock you from you know, the number one overall seed to the number four overall seed or from the number two seed to not having that buy and being like the sixth seed and having to play four games to win it all. There's always going to be that. Every game's still going to matter. Um, in fact, I think the games are going to matter more. Yeah, I was forward. just going to make that point. I think it's going to matter more. Guys Guys are going to play harder uh, towards the end of the season when there's there's more on the line. I mean, it's as simple as that. When you're looking at a you know potential to go for, to 11 wins instead of 10 or either even 10 instead of 9, uh, that's much more important now where before it's just maybe just what kind of bowl game you're going to get into, which most of those guys don't care, you know? For sure. So I think it matters more, and, you know, I think it's a, it's a positive. I think also the fans, like, let's be real, the, the fans' interest in bowl games is dropping too. Yeah. And our, like, the, the storylines. Remember how mad people were back before? Some I shouldn't say everybody. Like, some people were rational about it, but some people were mad when Jair Alexander sat out the, mm-hmm. uh, the, I don't even remember what bowl game it was, the one in Jacksonville. Um, and Lamar Jackson played, and it was like, this is why Lamar is going to be a better pro. <laughs> Guess what? Both pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> Jair Alexander, currently the highest-paid cornerback in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Lamar's doing his thing, former MVP. Like it did not, And I think most Louisville fans have even forgotten that Jair Alexander didn't play that game. Yeah. It's not like nobody's claiming him because he sat out that meaningless game against, uh, it was, I think it was Mississippi State that, that year. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was tax flatable. Like LSU go. was the year before. Neither were great. Not, not, <laughs> neither were a whole lot of fun. Uh, we'd like to forget him. It's, it makes it easier to forget him. But like even like little storylines like that, you kind of just you know five years like who cares? It was fine. I mean, I know I'm probably getting way ahead of myself here, but I mean, are we just gonna use bowl game names again, like for this for the whole twelve game playoff, or are we gonna are we gonna travel? Are we, are we gonna put the? I mean, if you're if you're playing in the first round bowl, do you have to go? I mean. Uh, do you play in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas in the first round? If I had to guess, second round goes to the. And I've seen some proposals. Bowl, I mean. My guess is the first two rounds are played at the campus side of the higher ranked team. Ooh, so you'll have that'll be interesting. Like teams five through twelve will play in the in the quote unquote first round, and those will just be standard first round games at the the home team. And then you'll have a one versus eight deal where the quarterfinal games will all be played at the better seed, and then they go back to what we've been doing, which is the playoffs are. Three bowl games. The, the 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 semifinals are two bowl games, and the championship games a bowl game. Yep. So hosting that's that would be intriguing. Would then. reduce travel from. I mean, you're not asking. You know, unless you're the lower seeded team in in both the first two games, you're not asking fans to go to four different places uh, in you know essentially six weeks to to watch your team win. Is a there backlash title. from that team saying, "Hey, we we earned a spot here. Now we got to go play on the road because you think that team just happens to be better than us, even though we have the same record." But again, you get a chance to prove it. Like that, yeah. I I don't think that it's you know it's. 
and the whole travel deal, everyone's like, oh, they're traveling so much. Like, n- again, nobody complains about this at any other level. Nobody complains at the FCS level. Nobody claims in the men's basketball tournament, you got to go to three different places in three different weekends if you want to follow your team to win a national title. And a, a lot of times, all three of those spots aren't all that close to home. I mean, this could, that could be something they start off with and then move to the neutral sites for the whole thing eventually. I mean, you've seen women's basketball. If it gets bas- big enough. You've seen women's basketball do that for a long time. They were, you know, had your top team hosting for sure. almost yeah. the entire region. And now it's just what they host, what, the first round only? Sure. Maybe second, well, maybe first and second round? Maybe? It's usually not any anything unless it's like. Yeah, now they don't yeah. host any. Okay. So yeah. They don't, yeah. Unless it's just set up that way, which, you know, they're going to set give Louisville. Occasionally, because yeah. we have a huge women's basketball fan base. Same with the, they're going to have a site that's close to Connecticut, but not yeah, technically yeah, in stores because they don't fit the. Uh, yeah, they finally met the yeah. uh, the NCAA version of going to Greensboro, but it's not Duke. It's the, you're exactly it's, right. It's Greensboro. It's, it's yeah. the same exact thing. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not, it's not uh, the M Center. It's the Rupp Arena. All right, we get. We got to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk about last night's game. It felt like the first big college football night of the year. It was glorious. Trevor slept through the whole thing. So Keith, <laughs> so Keith and I will pretty much talk about it. Uh, text at 502-414-1450. We'll be right back here with more on 1450 and 961. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. You can tell Trevor slept like 15 hours again because there's these are just Trevor classics. They're just Trevor like upbeat favorites. Well, first of all, <laughs> I asked Keith when I saw Keith out in the parking lot. I was like, Keith, can you give me some songs today? I, yeah, I told you. Yeah, he's just like, oh no, you do. But I'm like, lazy. You don't hide it well. <laughs> like, come on. But I did. I tried to go with yeah, upbeat songs. I mean, songs about winning. We're we're getting pumped. Two for two. I, I, I'm good with it. I mean, simply the best though just reminds me of like the original Office version when uh, he's like, "I'm uh, oh god, what's I'm David Brent, and you've been the best." And he plays the song and he just like, anyways. If you've seen the scene, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, I'm he sorry. Such a lovely picture. I know. I, exactly. I don't think I need to watch. It. <laughs> I don't think I need to watch it. I have visually seen it in my mind right now. Uh, what's the game? We're coming to you today for the first time from the U of L College of Business Studios. Uh, you'll be hearing that a lot now. Check out more information about the U of L College of Business at business.louisville.edu. We got Keith Wynn in studio today. We have half of Trevor Kelsey in studio today. We're gonna take some questions it's in a second. Twice as big as any normal man. Well, that's what they say. Um, Last night, though, it felt like the no disrespect to uh, to Cotswold Week Zero, except all disrespect to Cotswold Week Zero. It felt like the first big like football night where everybody that I know is just watching games. Everybody I know is just getting into it, and the action is fantastic. You had the backyard brawl between West Virginia and Pitt, which there was like an, an inherent irony in like all these these college football people who have. You know, some of them who have voiced like support for wrecking the sport and like all the conference changes that have wrecked these rivalries, being like rivalries are the best. Yeah. I'm like, you guys are ruining this. You don't get to you don't get to do this. Yeah. Uh, but it was like the the atmosphere was unreal. Um, that game happens. We had Purdue, Penn State, which went down to the wire, which was not a nice little nightcap. Like I don't want to go to sleep yet. I want to keep watching this. It was nice to be able to flip over to that and watch it. Then you had like crazy highlights from some of the other games. But we'll start with with Pitt, West Virginia. I. I said yeah on the show yesterday. I called both games. I said Penn State covers. They did by a point and a half. 
I said uh, Pitt wins, but West Virginia covers. They did by half a point. I'm sure I will flub on my picks today because we were just kind of <laughs> screwing around at the end of yesterday's show. But I thought I, I really thought West Virginia might win just because ACC teams have sucked so badly in week one against other power conference teams yeah. in recent years. And it kind of it felt that way for a long time. I think you can even argue that West Virginia was probably the better team for yeah. four quarters. Yep. But Pickett's a little bit of a break. The U.K. transfer, um, Devonshire mm-hmm. takes the pick six, which should have been just like a routine completion yeah. <laughs> to the house. A crazy atmosphere. But it felt like, I don't know, I felt like college football's back. Like, this is what we've been waiting for. Well, it felt great. I mean, that was, that was the, the crowd, I think the 70,000-plus, um, you know, real vitriol. Like, you know, players, you know, talking smack at the beginning of the game, fighting after the game. Like, like rivalries, I, I, that's the fun part especially when it's not your team, you know, when it's not your your guys getting a, a, a personal foul in the end zone, yeah. and, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, it was fun. I thought the game was good. I did think West Virginia looked like the better team to me. You know, I think they, you know, the 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 choice to punt on fourth and one or fourth and two or whatever. No Brown, coward. Yeah. Cowards that, don't that, win. That's, to me, that was – and then you come back and then the best player on your offense, at least the guy, the wide receiver who had been making all those plays, drops an easy yeah. wide-open pass. I mean, it was just – it's it's college football is best, right? Coaches making blunders and then players just letting you down. You know, and that that's that's the craziness of college football. Um, it's one of the things I love about it, but – it was a fun game. I mean, that was the best. But just watching a really good back-and-forth game like that is always fun. I did like Pat Narduzzi continuing his like 2022 campaign of just like, F them, I'm going to say whatever I want, <laughs> after the game being like, oh, yeah, I would have gone for it. Just like straight like middle fingers <laughs> to Neil Brown, which it was like a kind of a coward's move. You got the yeah. ball at midfield. It's that, you know, put just the game away. Go for it. Put it the was, game away. It was the opposite of North Nebraska last week where, you know, Scott Frost is like, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. A little <laughs> I still too much. I can't believe that he was, his, his response to that onside kick was, kick was, yeah, I was trying to, you know, put the game away. It was like, dude, it was the third quarter. Like, there, are, there are other ways to make that happen. Um, it was, it f- kind of felt like bringing it back to a Louisville perspective, sort of the best of both worlds where. Pitt, who's on your schedule, mm-hmm. so you want to play you know, a, a good schedule. They get credit for the win. It's, they're, they're a top 25 team. But they kind of looked a little bit, I don't know, they, they didn't look like Pitt last year. Yeah. and Or even two years ago when they, they came into your place and, and kind of you know, beat you down a little bit. Um, I liked that. And also, you know, F West Virginia forever. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, so I felt good about that. Slovis looked kind of like the mixed bag that he was at USC. Yep. At times, very good. But when you got any sort of pressure on him whatsoever, definitely, I think, struggled to keep his eyes downfield. Looked like he was looking for the contact, mm-hmm. which, hey, Brian, bring some guys. Yeah. <laughs> we, got, we got to bring some more guys. I don't know if you're watching the game. Um, but that was, I don't know. I felt like Pitt, for as impressive as the win ended up looking, still looked more vulnerable than you might expect from the number 17 team in the country. I felt like their offense looked like it was before Mark Whipple last year, I mean, you know, before they went more air raid. Um, before Kenny Pickett had his big year, before Jordan Addison had his huge year, they looked like they took that step back, not necessarily from a talent standpoint, but just their offense wasn't as, you know, they didn't do anything fast. Uh, they, they were doing a lot of under center stuff. It, it just, it's, it looked kind of archaic um, to me. So that that's always a plus when you're playing a team that kind of uh, doesn't do anything really super inventive and super creative because it just makes it easier for you kind of to contain it. Uh, and, and, you know, those teams rely more on their talent. And like I said, they lost some of that talent from last year. So uh, they had some nice plays. I think their their running back had a really nice game. Um, uh, he's he's probably going to be the starter going forward. But I just that was the thing that really stood out to me. And their offensive line is what they're known for this year. They've got all their starters back and whatnot. And 
West Virginia kind of mauled them up front. Yeah. So, um, you know, definitely something to, to keep in mind that Pitt looks a little bit more beatable than they, they were maybe, you know, a couple days ago. So, uh, always a positive to see that. They also looked a little frustrated, too. Like, they were – you had a lot of the – a little bit of the offensive linemen, like when the quarterback would get sacked, kind of like throwing their arms up and being like, you know, get rid of the ball. Or yeah. You could tell, which just says to me, clearly, team turmoil. Yeah. All right. They, they hate Ken Slovis. <laughs> they, they hate the fact that he's this California kid coming in here from USC. Like, team get decision. him out of here. Yeah. They want, uh, you know, they, they want the the old. They want Kenny Pickett back. They, they want Kenny Heisman back. So they, that game ends. You flip over. It looks like Jeff Brom is going to pull another rabbit out of the hat. They get the their own seventy two yard pick six, which was a crazy play to take the lead over Penn State. And then, and Trevor Coveyers. We got to talk about it. We love. <laughs> I, Jeff, I heard Jeff Brom magic. It's all I heard. We love Jeff Brom on the show. I we mean, do. even if you're not talking about wanting him to be the coach, he's a former U of L grade who coached here for a long time. Kind of got a, a raw deal. Back in the day, not kind of. Yeah, I mean, I, like, <laughs> we are a, a Brom, a pro Brom show. Not necessarily advocating for him to get the job. At least one of us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we have to call a spade a spade. And the reality is, Purdue had the ball two different times with a lead, with less than six minutes to go in the game. They called, I think, on fourteen different, it was twelve plays. One running play, 11 passing plays. Jeff yeah. Brom once also kind of doing the, like, trying to put this thing away, but doing it in a very uh, 12-year-old playing a video game <laughs> mentality where it's like, going deep, going yeah. deep. And, I'm, I mean, I'm watching, and, like, my buddies are texting me. Like, we all, you know, we all, we play with Brian in high school. We've, we know the Broncos. We're rooting for Purdue. And we're like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, this is, this is not the way to salt this game away. And they keep giving Penn State opportunities. Penn State takes advantage. Uh, Purdue ends up uh, you know, not even being able to get off. The, the, they try to run like the little hook and ladder play. They don't even have time to make the simple completion to throw it on two back-to-back plays, and they end up getting beat at home in what felt like it, it kind of like the West Virginia Pitt game. It felt like it should have been a Purdue win, yeah. and they just sort of mismanaged the end there. But it was – there was a part of me that wondered if, like, Scott Satterfield was just at home being like, oh, <laughs> summer of stat rolls on into September. Good, I'm, I'm good, good, good. I, like, I feel like there's a part of like, oh, well, that's a shame. Just like, you know, he's like, this is my year. This is I, I, Everything's been falling Sat's way for the past, like, when the calendar flipped to 2022. Now we're rolling again. I feel yeah. good. Well, that's great for Sats, but guess what? That's only step one for to make us feel better about you, Scott. We know what Scott's got to do. <laughs> we know. Scott? T- 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 tell, him, tell him for us, Rutherford. Scott. Tell him. This is the, I know you're listening. I know you're on your way to Syracuse, right? You may have just landed. Get to listen closely here. Lean forward. <laughs> We're making fun of Jeff Brom right now. He didn't coach a great game last night. We're excited about these recruits. They're going to light it up again tonight, Friday Night Football. Scott, we want to keep having fun. We're going to need you to do something for us. We're going to need you to beat Syracuse tomorrow night, man. We're going <laughs> to need you to win that game. Don't make this weird. <laughs> Don't make it awkward. Keep it simple. Keep the good vibes rolling. Beat Syracuse. Let's have some fun. I feel like I needed like some like uh, deep music to play. Yeah, yeah, like the deep thoughts with John. Well, Jack you've only Hanley had or whatever. Like. You've only had 115 opportunities this offseason. <laughs> it just clicked in my head. We I do it three times the show. There you go. This is the very. That may have been the very last one. Are we gonna do this every week though, Scott? No. <laughs> this is all I gotta. Just I'm saying. No. I'm not asking much. Just beat Central Florida. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. We should do it every week. UCF, by the way, uh, also played last night. And my God, the highlight of the season is the South Carolina State punter on fourth and 19, (laughs) appearing to fake it, appearing to have a shot, running 12 yards towards the first down marker 
and then just panic and and punting it and immediately realizing that he was like the like like I'm gonna be on Sports Center. Like yeah. you tell like everybody's like everybody's comforting him not because he committed an obvious penalty, but because like dude, that's all over social media yeah. in, in five seconds. You could just tell. But I mean, the first time I saw that, I just put Virginia to bed. I was like legit, like fighting off tears. I was laughing so hard. I mean, if you're a South Carolina State punter, though, I mean, is it really a bad thing to be famously known for anything? You've already got I enough mean, you're going the punter for South Carolina State. I mean, you're not like you're. Is yeah. this why they're not letting Mark Bassett roll out on his punts? <laughs> yeah. Are they worried about this? I think my favorite thing about it is that he was like three yards away from the he first down. Like, he could have made it, and he saw a defender, and it was like freakout mode. It, it was like. Fight or flight, and he was like, "Nope, I'm out." I don't think it, like I don't think it was a design. One of those deals where they rolled him out intentionally, and it was like, "Hey, if it's there, go for it." I think he saw a guy slightly. If you watch the video, he saw a guy like slightly coming through and just panicked and ran, <laughs> and then saw the first time he saw another guy coming in his general vicinity. It was like, "Oh my God, punt it!" And that was it. It was great. Uh, but you see, have no problem with South Carolina State. They looked. Uh, I saw you tweet this in the little highlights I saw. They looked awfully fast. Yes, again. they look very fast and. Uh, their new quarterback, John Reese Plumley from Ole Miss, who couldn't get on the field there as a quarterback, uh, ended up moving a wide receiver. Transfers down there, wins the job, and he looked pretty good. Uh, he's got he's got great speed, and you know obviously that's why you know he, he was moved to wide receiver and then plays outfield in baseball. Like he's a big time. That's athlete. right. I forgot he baseball, but baseball. He, but he looked good throwing the football. So you know, but it's South Carolina State. Um, you know, we'll see uh, how how they look. You know, for the rest of the season. But I think that, you know, every team that I saw, at least, you know, that, that so far looks pretty good. Florida State looked good last week. Um, so that's it's at least interesting. But, you know, it's where hopefully Louisville looks the same tomorrow night and they look good themselves and we don't have to worry so much. Uh, we'll take a couple of texts here based on last night's games. Uh, first of all, Texture says, if there, was, if there had been a 12-team playoff for the last two decades, how many years would Louisville have made it? Um, we definitely would have made it in 04 and 06. Because yeah, because well, we I mean, it would been the 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 Liberty Bowl year when we played Boise State. That's 04. Okay, that's 04. And then yeah. 06. The thing about the Sugar Bowl year was we went into that game though being like I think number 23 in the country because we had lost to we had lost the back to back game. Syracuse blew us out, that's and then we lost definitely. to UConn at home. That's fair. And we I mean, we had to have the miracle win over Rutgers just to get into that game, that game and avoid losing three straight. So I don't I mean maybe you could say. If you had a 12-team playoff to look out for, we would have had more of a like hungry mentality against UConn yeah, or something. But no, yeah, you're right. But we probably wouldn't have been in. And the the one that would have really hurt would have been the year later, 2013, where we were 11 and one, only lost to UCF. That team would have, I think, I still think that's the most talented team we've ever had oh, at yeah, U of L. And we didn't get. We saw them play one good team yeah. basically, and they blew a 35-14 lead. Yeah. And I and I think even coming into that game, though, people from a media pollster standpoint was just like these guys. We're not moving them up until they play somebody. Right. And I think, you know, I always thought that was unfortunate because they proved that they could beat somebody the year before. They should have gotten the benefit of the doubt, but they really didn't play anybody that year. I mean, that was just a really terrible schedule. And there was one week where we beat somebody handily because people were mad. That was when people started to get upset with Charlie when it was like, we're only beating Houston 20 to, to 10, like, yeah. you know, run it up, let Teddy throw a little bit. Um, but we beat the brain, the brains out of somebody and fell like three spots in the polls the next week. And I was like, this is, <laughs> this is not cool. Yeah. But that team would have absolutely, I think was one of the 12 best, but never got really a chance to prove it. And they would have gotten, and that would have been the most frustrating omission probably. Yeah. So probably just those two years. I mean, you know, six wouldn't have been worth it enough. Cause I know that team would have been in a championship game. I mean, it would have been nice to have a shot. I mean, yeah. 2016 would, again, you can make the argument if they lose to Houston, you know, maybe they take Houston more seriously when they get down. Um, 
probably not. I mean, they, they were right in the playoff hunt anyway for that yeah. game. Ed Oliver just decided he was going to, you know, that was back when Houston was like, we're going to try against good teams and then not try against <laughs> anybody else. And every Louisville fan knew what was, I mean, every Louisville fan was terrified for that game for obvious reasons, yep. and they put it on us right from the jump. But maybe you could say they would have stepped it up and beaten Kentucky and had a shot to make it, but that would have been the only other year where they would have would have had a chance. I mean, the 0-4 yeah. would have been nice. We could have maybe played that USC team. God, that would have been great. I would have loved to have seen that 0-4 team against because the only like, kind of the same could thing. score with anybody. They could score with anybody. They should have beaten a Miami team that was just nearing the end of its, you know, that, that period of greatness that they had. I would have loved to have seen them play one of those great teams from those yeah. years. And I think they would have been at least competitive. And I think I, I think I've brought it up before, but just at that Liberty Bowl, just the foreshadowing you get from that eleven and one were we ten eleven and one, I think that yeah. eleven and one, yeah. Eleven and one versus a twelve and oh Boise State team just two years later. Those two teams us playing in, you know, Wake Wake Forest, they yeah. were playing Oklahoma. I mean, the foreshadowing of how good those two uh, we were as out of conf- out of Power Five conference teams, those that that span is just is is something to be looked at. I've said this before on the show when that game has been brought up too. I, I think that we didn't get enough credit for beating that Boise State team back then, just because it, it was pre Fiesta Bowl win. Yep. Like yeah. people viewed Boise State just totally differently from that point forward. And then they obviously helped themselves by, you know, they would play Oregon and beat Oregon sometimes, and they would beat great teams in the regular season. But back then, it was like, oh, cool, you beat Boise State. They have a blue field, hilarious. (laughs) And it was like, you know, an 11-1 and Louisville team beating a 12-0 and Boise State team probably would have played significantly differently had that game been played in 2007 as opposed to 2004. But instead, it was just us being like, hey, these guys are pretty good. Yeah, and, I, you know, it's it's funny how much much the the game, the sport has changed now where it feels – it doesn't feel like those teams get get the respect like they that they used to. It's, it's like it's gone back to the point where you know you could be that twelve and zero you know G group of five team and still not get the respect. Yeah, and it, and it's unfortunate because I mean we saw Cincinnati last year played really well, beat good teams, and then you know was actually somewhat competitive right. in their final game. So yeah, hopefully that's another aspect of expanding the playoff is hopefully we get rid of the idea that these teams can't play with people. Texas says uh, Scott. If you're reading the text line, <laughs> we're going to need you to beat Bleep in Syracuse. Uh, Texas says, 12-team playoff starting in 2024 is now 50. Yeah, thank you. Texas says, need the robbery story now. Wait, wait, another day. This is pre-football. Wait, <laughs> if you've missed it before, he's going to tell it again. We'll get there. Texas says, two-part question. I saw Keith mention in his post today that Mark Ivey only feels good about six defensive linemen, and Keith felt that wasn't enough. How many D linemen would a team need to rotate in order to have enough depth and not wear down throughout a game? I'll let you answer that first, first part. So... For the defense line, you definitely at least want to have three guys that you can rotate. So they should have nine, and realistically, with the amount of guys they brought in, you should probably feel better about at least ten guys right now. I mean, six is nothing. Six six just doesn't work. I mean, I'll just be honest. If they're if they're truly only feel like they only have six guys that can play this year for them on the defensive line, um, they're in some they're in, they're gonna have some real problems uh, down does that, the road. Does that matter by scheme too? Whether you're a three four four three though. I mean, if you have six guys in a three four, wouldn't that be enough? No, I mean, because think about it this way: that's just that's just one guy in your backup, right? So that's true. So right now you have they they brought in Jermaine Lole. You've got Destel as your defensive tackles. You know those guys are gonna be going nonstop. You know defensive line. They say rushing the passer is like the most you know physically taxing thing to do in on the football field. So Say you're Yaya Diaby and Gelati and, and you're going out there and you hit third down and they get another third down. Okay, well, say they have a long drive there and they're coming off the field. Well, now you just have your, your backups to be able to sub in. And, you know, say somebody goes down with an injury. Now what? You know, now you've got to put that same guy back out there. 
or you're playing a guy that you don't feel good about, that you're not comfortable playing. And that's when you're in a situation where, you know, I was, I was looking at this today. I finally signed up for PFF, which I should have done years ago, but I'm, I'm a sucker for snap counts, right? Mm. Snap counts tell you how much a guy's playing. Quinterio Cole last year was 25th in the country in snaps as a defensive player for the whole country. I mean, he played 900 and something, 941 snaps or something like that, 916. That is insane. They couldn't take him off the field last year because they didn't have somebody behind him that they felt comfortable about. So then as the games get longer, you watch, you see the Virginia game and, and other games, and they, they, they're on the field for so long, you just get tired. Yeah. So you want to have as many guys as you can. My issue with, with Louisville's defensive line is that these are all of their own guys. These are guys that they brought into the program. They're, you're not talking about, hey – they got to play the the freshman. These are guys that have been here. So if you're if the, you have guys that have been here, some of them have been here. This is going in their third year, and they're not ready to play. That's a that's a indictment on your coaching, and that's something that they need. To, they're going to have to own if they truly only have six guys. Now Ivy might have been using that to push his guys and say, hey, we feel good about six, and they might really feel good about more guys. But even a few years ago, he said that he wants nine plus guys. If he's not there, he's owning up. He's got to own that as a coach to say that, hey, I should be. I want nine guys and only have six. Where? What happened? If he's saying that they only feel good about six two, and we're assuming it's the six guys on the two deep, like that's you know, the, the three starters plus Jermaine Lole, then Ramon Perrier, who was a former walk on, yep. and then Mason Rieger, who was a walk on like two weeks ago. Exactly. Who's also a freshman. That's not overly comforting right and which that's, is yeah that's another aspect I, and it's not really even about the sit the, the the specific player i always try to make sure i point that out when i when i say this because you know we know that walk-ons can come on and be good sure. marshawn four obviously we see that every every game but that is as a power five program that's that's says they want to win you know the division win the conference and all that you're not going to get there if you're you're relying on walk-ons all over your roster i mean and you know, over time, you should be bringing in better players that those guys are now, hey, depth. You know, we can rely on a walk-on, sorry, a former walk-on as maybe your third, fourth guy. That's where you talk about having nine-plus guys and you feel good about it. That's where those guys really should be. And they're, they're a sprained ankle away from being your starter. And that's you, – you just – I'm sorry, that's just an indictment on the talent they brought in or the development of the talent they brought in. And, you know, that's essentially, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm calling them out on that, but that's just the truth of the matter. Uh, the second part of that question, we can end the first hour with this. And you, you touched on part of this in, in your response. He says, is having 60 linemen to rotate at least better than what we had last year? I believe you've said before that the lack of depth on defense last year was part of the reason why we were so bad in the fourth quarter. No, uh, I think they were a little bit deeper last year. Um, you know, because they, they essentially the guys that they – think about it this way. The guys that left – um, which are, I guess, what, two or three of them, three guys, Malik Clark, Peterson, and uh, Jacques Turner. Turner, That's your nine. With what they have right now, um, so I'm sorry, eight, and now they're down to six because the guys that they have behind Rager, who played last year, and uh, Perrier, who played last year, they haven't stepped up to that to that to where they were last year, right? Yeah. So that's where the development comes in because you have guys like Victon Brown, R.J. Sorensen, that they brought in five or six defensive linemen. And if those guys aren't ready to play, even in year two, that's you know what that maybe that's that that goes back to okay, what level of player are you recruiting? So it's not like I said, these guys can come out and I Raheem Craig is a guy that I picked as a sleeper, you know, guy that can break out. He's a defensive end. 
I think they'll play more guys, but I'm just going by what Mark Ivey told told the media. You know, he, he said it out of his own mouth. I'm hoping that he was just trying to push his players or maybe, you know, didn't want to get out in front of his keys and, and, and say that he has plenty of guys and maybe those guys aren't there yet. But fall camp is over. Maybe there's a bit more guys. Maybe he's just saying, hey, this is where we are right now. But based on what he told us, that's just not – that won't work, you know. All right, on that uh, pleasant note, we'll take a break. <laughs> we'll, have, we'll have more positive news to talk about in the second hour. We'll keep the, keep the football talk going. We'll focus a little bit more on Syracuse. Take more of your text as well. Before we take a break, though, remind you about our friends at AirServe. If your air conditioning goes off or in a couple months from now, you remember this ad and your heat goes out, AirServe's the place to go because they've got technicians available 24-7. doesn't matter what time of the day. Uh, if you call them, they're going to have somebody available to come out to your house and see what the problem is and fix it. The number to call is 502-264-9662. You can also go online at AirServe.com backslash Louisville, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com backslash Louisville. Whether it's too hot, too cold, too dry, or too polluted in your home, they're going to make sure you're comfortable and breathing the highest quality air. Again, 502-264-9662 or AirServe.com backslash Louisville. Take a break. We'll come back. Hour number two of the Mike Rutherford Show rolls on next here on 1450 The Big X. I need this. I need to get a catchy song in my head, and I'll tell you why. My mom, I could kill her. I love her. I could kill her. Okay. She she helped out the kids like last weekend. She brought over this little like you know the stores, Walgreens, and, and everything are doing these like they already have their Halloween stuff out there, and she loves these little like, like singing toys for holidays. So we have a, a bunny that plays like a hippity hoppity bunny, and Virginia loved it forever. She's the one that had the Santa that did the uh, I like big but that does the songs. Like, Pretty much, yeah. yeah. She does that. So <laughs> everything at Walgreens, you find so that just up. wait for yeah. it. So yeah. along the same line, she brought over this little ghost toy that sings a Halloween jingle, and I have had. Who wants some treats now? Who? Who? In my head. If I've heard it one time, I've heard it 375 times every day. I've replaced the batteries already. We've had it for like a week. Virginia presses the thing 75 times a minute. It's unbelievable. I can't get it out of my head. It's all. John loves it now. John Light is like dancing to it. So they, they want the baby to dance because it's oh, baby dancing. So funny. I've, I hear it constantly in my house i can't get it out of my head i need some catchy tunes in my head today i worked the i think i was i only worked like a week when i worked at hallmark and they had those things like at the front of the store and everybody who would walk in would always of course press the button yeah, so yeah, you'd hear you them like non-stop yeah. who wants some treats now <laughs> who 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 the, the, the bass fish that sings <laughs> that's how i feel and then the other one was the 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 easter one's like I'm the hippity hoppity bunny, Peter <laughs> Cottontail. And like, I'm like, oh my God, just mom, stop. I know you think it's funny. 
You're killing me. If she loves me. us so much, she'd take them home and not leave them at your house. You're killing me <laughs> more than long COVID. It's, your, this is, it's you, not the disease. Uh, hour number two of the Mike Rutherford Show is here again live from the UofL College of Business Studios. Oh, we're very happy to have UofL College of Business on board. Visit them today at business.louisville.edu to find out more about everything they, they can offer you. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex Ooh, line. Finally, finally in college. You're finally in college. <laughs> it's like you made it. It's like you made it to UofL. It took long enough, but I'm finally here. Call Nancy right now. You did it. I'm here. We made it. Keith Wynn is in the studio. Follow on Twitter at Keith underscore Wynn if he hasn't already blocked you. Uh, at Trevor Kelsey, as always, is a follow. Uh, we, I won't block anybody. You, you talk all the time about how you block a lot of Not people. Not if you follow me, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm easy. That's how it is. I was talking to somebody the other day that asked me how I felt about somebody. I was like, oh, I like him. He follows me on Twitter. I'm easy. <laughs> like, he's, he's, <laughs> there you go. he's an evil human being. Yeah, but he follows me. He can't be that bad. Texas, I got some feedback for the show. Can Trevor turn his mic up? I listen to the podcast with the shower radio pretty often, and I never have a problem hearing Mike. However, I have to turn the volume up so loud to hear Trevor that it makes so my wife can't hear the TV in the other room. <laughs> Trevor, for the sake of my marriage, please turn your mic up. Did I hear him say he listens to us in the shower? Yeah. Interesting. I've yeah. listened to sports radio shows in the shower before. I'm not, I guess. I'm more of a music guy in the shower. <laughs> I think your big issue is you don't talk directly into the mic sometimes. You like let yourself stray. Yeah, I guess so. Well, yeah. Which you think, you know, you, you've done this pretty much your entire life. You think I wouldn't have <laughs> to tell you that. Yeah, but you do, especially on remote, you're like, oh, like, I... My thought on the game is I, I don't, I'm like I, don't, I can't imagine this sound. Why good. do you why, why do you make me look like I'm on a mic like a guy holding a pug? That's kind like, of that's what you make me look that's like. How you make yourself like, look like Will Smith when he's holding the talking dog in Men in Black. That's what, that's what you make me look like on the mic. My big prediction for the game is Louisville 62. And then everyone's like, well, "What do you say?" Uh, I mean, Keith, are you a music or podcast guy in the shower? I'm a music guy. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't it's 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 funny. I mean, Mike knows this. I don't. I don't listen to the radio very often. I'm, I, I'm, do, I think we're all the kind of same. We're boat. all the same. Yeah. I, don't, I don't do podcasts very often, but I I love being on them. But I don't listen. I'm ever. the same way, and I and of course I have to put my phone on like silent do not disturb. So because there's nothing that makes you more mad when you're jamming in the shower and someone tries to call you. <laughs> like no, there's nothing. It only happens like the, the the catchy hook. Right yeah, before, yeah. It's yeah. Like I'm just sitting there jamming. Like next thing I know, I'm I mean, yeah, I'm in the middle of the loop, and somebody's calling me. I'm like, oh man. I don't know. I just can't like handle listening to like. I don't know. I just feel like someone's like right now listening to my voice while he's like soaping up his butt. Like I don't. I don't know if I can. <laughs> like I don't know how I feel about that. If you're soaping up your butt right now, thank you for listening. <laughs> I'll try to speak up. I applaud. So, it. Yeah, right now. I'm all for it. It's the only way to listen to the show, to be quite frank. Um, we'll take some text here before we shift the conversation to, to Syracuse a little bit here, because some of these will be about Syracuse. But Texas says, um, Mike picked both games correctly yesterday. Thank you. Thank you. for that. You can look up. That's an actual text. I didn't just make that up. I, I, I know I picked Pittsburgh, but I did pick Purdue. I know that, too. You picked Purdue. Yeah. yeah. Um, you picked Pitt big, though. They didn't cover. Yeah, that's true. I but I didn't watch, so do, I mean, does it count? Yeah, exactly. If you if you don't know what happened, does it still mean you lost? <laughs> That's how I used to view every pre last year lost to DePaul. I was in college; they weren't on TV. That didn't actually happen. I don't I don't believe it. Texas says, who put the battery in Syracuse's back that's got them walking around with this energy, disrespecting Malik and talking brazy while representing the football team of the Syracuse Orange is wild to me. I've got U of L thirty five seventeen. They do have like I don't know where this energy's come from. Like you list, I mentioned yesterday the Mikel Jones quote that got a lot of play from ACC kickoff where he's like, we don't see it as a challenge. Um, Syracuse people were very quick to say, and eh, taking a little bit out of context, not a big deal. And then Malik himself in an interview with our, our friends at the, the, from the pink seats podcast 
was like, no, dude. He's like, he's like he, yeah. he straight up like wouldn't shake. I would he like came over to me. He was like, see y'all week one, and was like talking bleep the entire time. He's like, they had this big energy, like we were playing the game tomorrow. Yeah. Like, that's how they felt the entire. And I saw like the the, the Barstool Syracuse account now has like a picture of Mikel Jones next to Malik Cunningham, and Malik Cunningham's dressed like a the clown. The cheesiest Photoshop it's, you will find. Well, I mean, it's one of those local Barstool accounts. What do you? What do I you mean, expect? local Barstool like 2004 Barstool? I mean, because this is, looks like something you see back then, Scott. <laughs> Shut these guys up, Scott. I, it's again. It's like if it were any other team in the conference that we play on our, on our like you know consistent basis. Yeah, I'd be. I'd understand it. We, we'd get worked up about it. This is the one team that we have absolutely owned. Like this is the one we. This team has kept Brian Brown's job alive for four seasons. <laughs> He's keeping. Whether you agree with it or not, they're keeping him afloat. <laughs> We have we haven't just won these games the last three years, and really all seven of the eight that we've won since we moved to the ACC, we've waxed them every single year. Forty-one three last year, thirty to nothing the year before. I think fifty-six to twenty-four the year before that. Like it hasn't been close. If yeah. anybody was going to talk bleep to us, it should be quite literally anybody besides Syracuse. I'll make the comparison again before the UK fans flood the, the text. It would be like U of L players doing the same thing with UK, acting yeah. like they haven't been just blown out the last three years. The only difference is that it is at least a rivalry game, and it's at the end of the year. Syracuse, I don't know where all this energy is coming from, but they seem it's, very confident. It's a new season, Mike. It's, they got a new hope. It's a it's a fresh start. It's a, it's a brand new slate. To quote Charlie Strong, it feels like fake juice. It feels like they're trying to talk themselves into themselves, and I don't know if they, I don't even know if they really believe it. And for someone think, who did that last year before the UK game, I can agree to that. <laughs> I think part of it is that I think they're I think that they're they're getting kind of gassed up by the fact that they're, you know, media right, you know, media folks and Vegas has it has a line really close. I feel like they're buying into their own hype a little bit, but they're taking it maybe a little overboard. Um, because yeah, as as much as I'm a little bit kind of hesitant to to feel confident in the game, you can't get past last year's game when a lot of the same players are playing. Uh, not a lot has changed, and. You, that game was just an absolute they, – they dominated. I mean, the entire game was just dominant. Louisville just ran away by halftime, and it's really hard to just get past that and say, hey, well, yeah, this this will be different based on nothing, really. And, you know, they have a new offensive Virginia's coordinator. Virginia's offensive coordinator. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's important, but you also have to have players that can do what he's needing them to do, and Garrett Schrader, their quarterback, has just not shown the ability to throw the ball consistently. So it kind of comes back to last year of, okay, stop the run – get them in passing situations, which they've done for two straight years. So, you know, and, and I think that Louisville's offense, you know, I feel like people are kind of downplaying them as well, uh, and it, it's just weird. So, I don't know. It is very odd, but I, hopefully it, 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 it rallies the, the Louisville players to kind of shut them up maybe. Or maybe, the, I mean, I'm probably thinking too much into this. Maybe they're, they're, they're looking into this and being like, you know, when Malik's got a little bit too heated in the past, he's, he's looked at Because there was that play last year in the U.K. <laughs> game where – you know, we, we're going, they come out, they score. We come out, we score. And you're thinking, here we go. Like, this is going to be the high-scoring back-and-forth affair that we were all kind of expecting going into it. And then we have a little bit of controversy, and Malik kind of loses it a little bit. Yep. Like, he, he commits what should have been a couple of personal foul penalties. He lets them get in his head. And he, the loss isn't entirely on Malik, certainly, because the defense, you know, Will Levis could have scored 65 touchdowns if he wanted to. But Malik did not play well from that point forward. And I wonder if there's a little bit of gamesmanship from Syracuse saying, like, you know, we can get in his head. But again, like, Mikel Jones has played in all three of these games that I've mentioned before where it's not like it's been Louisville winning handily, but it's been like 20 to nothing. Like, yeah. Louisville has had success on them offensively every single year, and Malik Cunningham has been a huge part of that. I think he has had 13 total touchdowns in those three games. 
how can you possibly come out and say, we don't see that as a challenge unless you're just trying to get under the dude's skin. And if you are, more power to you. Nothing yeah. else has worked. Maybe this is the right to go. Well, you know, and I think that's the aspect. You know, you've also heard the staff, uh, Pete Thomas and Scott Center for both, has, have mentioned Malik Cunningham's attitude, maturity being better this year, uh, not getting down, things like that. And and to me, I took that as, you know, him keeping his cool and, and being that mature 24-year-old, I think, almost at this point now. Uh, because that, that Kentucky game, and there's been other games and, and you know, other Kentucky games where he has, like you said, lost his cool, let guys, let people get to him, um, and then, you know, it hurts the team. You know, it's no different than you flip on the other side of the ball and you have Monty Montgomery who plays with a big, you know, big fire, toss a lot of trash, and he's gotten himself into situations where he's gotten in guys' faces, he's gotten a personal foul here and there. So, like, those guys as leaders, you know, you want those guys to not bite on this stuff and really channel it as opposed to go out there and, and do the trash talking and things like that. Because I do think whether it's intentional or not, that is a concern for me that these guys are going to come out too amped up for in the wrong way. And then you get, let these guys get in your head and then you don't play as well. It reminds me a little bit of, I don't even remember his name. I remember that he was a good player, but I don't remember his name. The, the linebacker from North Carolina before Lamar Jackson's last season, where yeah. he was like, we're not going to let him run. We're not going to, you know, he's not going to beat us. Like, we're not going to let him do anything that he wants to do, all this stuff. And it was like, do you really believe that? Yeah. You know, you know, <laughs> it kinda, and certainly, you know, the if anybody had deserved to talk trash, it was the Carolina offense because they put up way too many points on us. But I think I think we finished with like 56 points that yeah, game yeah. and beat him like 56 to 42. And it was one of those where Lamar always got fired up in a good way when that sort of thing happened. Like, I think one of the first plays, he made that dude miss and then got right in his face afterwards, yep. and you were like, okay, he's on. I think with Malik, he's let it get into his head a little bit. He gets so hyped up that, like, maybe he's going to overthrow the first couple passes by a little bit. But you worry about that. But like you said, you hope that going into his his fifth season of college football, yep. his fourth as the, the, like, the full-time starter pretty much, you would – you'd think he'd be able to, to know how to handle that, how to channel that energy and just kind of turn it into, you know, quote Kevin Nealon, harness good, block bad. Make it <laughs> feel, feel the energy. Do the bull dance. Ride the feel pony. The feel the flow. Uh, Tix says, I think Brom can definitely take UofL to the playoff in the next few years. I'm excited to see what Jeff can do with this upcoming recruiting class. There we go. I mean, the playoff will start with his second year in the league, uh, under Helm, right? Tix says, even in a loss, Brom shines. Um <laughs> Texas says Brom kind of blew it with his play calling. That overturned catch was pretty sketchy, though. I agree that I think the tight end probably used the ground to trap the catch, but literally nothing on the replay showed enough to overturn the call on the field. Oh, so they screwed him, huh? I didn't. I, honestly, I didn't right even here. see that play. No, I, I, I saw a piece of it, but I, I saw it's funny. I was I had you know Twitter up like I always do, and I saw somebody point out the same thing that the ball never moved, but I saw the I saw the you know the freeze of it, and it was like the ball's on the ground. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it move. It's yeah, it's a trap at that point. Now the West Virginia catch at the end of the game where it looked like they had made a yeah. catch to get down to the one yard line and potentially set up the game scoring touchdown. I get that it's not a, a catch by the letter of the law. But it kind of felt like it should have been. Yeah. I'm like, he did everything he possibly could to catch that ball. <laughs> like, he's got his hands on it. It just happened to, like, hit the ground at the exact same time. And, you know, <laughs> I love the, the tweet that I saw where it was like, after review, cool as bleep. <laughs> Placed hands. Like, we're just letting it go. Like, it was it was a great effort. It was it should have been a good catch. The game needed to keep going. I kind of felt like it should have been a catch. That's what they need to do in bowl games since they're not as much. Like, if the play is great, if it looks fun, it's it's good. Sure, why yeah, not? Let's go for it. Um, Tex says the NCAA has no role in college football anymore and had no role in the expansion of 12 teams. Just remember this is 130 universities on a power play. 
well, they have a role in college football. They just they have no role in the in the postseason really. Right. Uh, they have no control over the playoff. It's not an NCAA sanctioned event. So you are. That's why you're the college football playoff champion. You're not the NCAA national champion like you are with virtually every other. Sport. Which is why USC didn't get their title stripped. Do they still have. Do they still have banners. And because technically yeah. they did get it stripped. Yeah, because somebody couldn't strip them because, as you said, they're it's. But they're still the governing body, so they can take away like they can be like you can't make any reference to this, which is I guess. Silly. But I mean, that's why they didn't touch their BCS championship during the Reggie Bush stuff, though. But they did get it taken away. No, they took away his Heisman, but they didn't take away the championship. I thought they had to. Like, they, I thought they had like asterisks. Like they, I thought they were like us. Like they weren't allowed to like put any. I don't believe banners so. I could be wrong. Uh, is, is Brom if if Brom had a bad season instead of if it was a bad season, can you hire Brom? No, probably not. Yeah. I mean, I don't. If they go like four and eight this year, and we go like four and eight, and Josh Hurd says, "Okay, enough's enough," I feel like it's got to be new blood. Or yeah. you, nope, Brom. I don't think that. <laughs> I mean, I think the the thing with, I think you know, and I think I've said this on 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 your show, you know, the the allure of Brom is only the fact that he has ties here. In any other situation, you might, you know, Louisville. I don't know if they're in a, they would be in a position to hire a guy with the record that he's had at Purdue. Like, before last year, because obviously now this is when the conversation was happening, you know, he took them to nine wins and, you know, had a couple of big wins. And, you know, obviously if this year if he can keep going that way, yeah. But I think if he tumbles back down to a losing record, then, I mean, I don't think Louisville's going to hire a coach with a losing record. I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, well, they kept one. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> Someone asked Keith how many yards and receptions he had as a Ballard High School wide receiver. This is from Seth. No, oh, nice. That's great. I have no clue. I think I had three. I had four touchdowns, I think. There I you go. 19 catches, four touchdowns. All of them against Wagner, I assume. <laughs> I wish I could have played against Wagner. That would have been fun. I can talk trash to my brother about that. I mean, <laughs> I mean you don't want to play Wagner. You didn't want to play. When were you Ballard? 2001. Was my last year? Right. Why am I asking? Binder course sucked. Why does it matter? Man? Yeah, I was, like, I was, was going to be like, hey, wait, but that year, yeah. I mean, really, I, don't know, I don't know where I was going with that. So. Well, they were, I think 99 was the year they went to the state championship game. 98. 98? Yeah. Okay. 98, yeah. That was the team they upset, uh, the Boone County team that was coached by Kevin Moss and X. There you go. We're going to get to both those teams coming up a little bit later. Thanks for the mail. We talk, you can do a little victory lap, though. Ballard taking out mail last week. Was yeah, no, that was that was great. I saw uh, some of the highlights. Close game, too. I like that last play, the the guy breaking up the pass and whatnot. I think I, I'm hopeful that gets them to turn the corner a little bit because they haven't. I think the big diff, the big the hardest thing for Ballard is that they aren't getting as much talent as some of the other teams are playing, and hopefully they're kind of maybe turning the corner there and can can get something going. So it'd be quite nice. the atmosphere too. They have like fireworks. They've got the new fancy field, the new fancy stadium. It's just like this is like a uh, swaggy Ballard. Yeah, my brother and his his uh, family went and. Saw a couple of pictures. It looked like there was a lot of fans. Uh, got a, a, a buddy of mine that I, I went to high school with. He's, I don't want to say it wrong, I think he's in charge of kind of the hype, you know, getting the student section together and whatnot. So they're a little bit more coordinated than they were when I was there. And it was just trying to get kids to leave the parking lot to stop drinking. So You yeah. guys would come out to No Limit uh, oh, yeah, Soldiers. Yeah, yeah. Was, don't don't kill the pot lot, man. <laughs> no, it was great. I didn't even go to Ballard and I hung out but more like, at the pot but, lot but, than I did at Wagner. But now it's like they do like more student like coordinated stuff so they can have like the rowdy, you know, everybody there instead of 
literally missing most of the game while you can. You guys done. legit had no limits spray painted on your field, yeah. and I remember being like, "Okay, like this is kind of cool, but also should this be an official school tagline?" Like this is, <laughs> it, it was like a decal. It was like it, it looked like no limit was sponsoring the field, and like soldiers was on the other side. What year are we in, by the way? This was, yeah. I remember going to those games in the eighth grade. So this was like uh, ninety eight. So, oh, okay. So, yeah. I think you meant now. It was like ninety eight. <laughs> so ninety eight was. Uh, uh, coach Khaled, the, 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 uh, our coach, that was his first year. Our defensive back coach was really – that was his whole thing. He was real big in a no limit, and a couple of our players were real big into it. Like, they were just – you know, so it just became a thing, and it snowballed, man. It got a little out of control. I remember going to the first game of that season because I, I, I you know, I played with Andy Aarons. He was mm-hmm. a freshman at Bauer, and he was going to play, and I wanted to go see him play. And you guys were playing some poor little like county school. Yeah. It was like Christian County, and they came out like the band playing do 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 do, and then like all of a sudden like it just gets quiet. You're like, ah, how you do that there? And like you guys like it's like like slow walk onto the field. It's like a chain involved. I was like, this is just straight culture clash. It was quite the scene. Yeah, yeah, we really did. We got together and we did. We slow walked from the. I don't want to say it was all the way from the locker room, which is across the street, but I think the we, game kicked off like forty-five minutes late because yeah. you guys were, took so long to walk out to the field. Now Ballard's always been the top level, though. Case in point, ninety-eight they were four A, right? Yeah. You yeah. see, Wagner dropped. That's why we got to the state title. We dropped down to three, and now they're two. I think they're now two. Yeah, yeah. we we used to be, and that was our. I think it was our second year of dropping from, because for the longest time we were in the top level with everybody else, and then when they did the. They redid them in 97, I think I want to say. It was 96 or 97, maybe. And that's when Wagner got dropped down, along with like Central mm-hmm. and some other schools. Yeah. Texas Satterfield definitely had that Grinch grin after watching the finish of the Purdue game. Oh, I think he did, oh, too. Yeah. I really do. And, like, I don't blame him. Like, this is, you know, this is it's, it's a good thing for him to, you know, to not have people just well, constantly clamoring about Jeff Brown. Well, I think there's two things. There's, there's always a plus and minus of having an early game early in the season where, every, where all eyes are on you. And, you know, for Brahma, obviously – they're kind of the, the big game, especially the ending of that game was right at the perfect time where everybody's kind of watching. Yeah. So that that puts more of a spotlight. But I think the other thing that I thought was re- really interesting, Purdue can't run the ball. Like they haven't been to run the ball since he's been there. And, you know, I, I think that's something that, you know, wasn't really much of an issue with Western Kentucky. He had Ace Wells and, and, and other guys that he'd had, he'd ran the ball pretty well. And I think that was the thing is that like, you know, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I mean, everybody's like, well, why would you not, why would you not run the ball? And I'm like, it's kind of an issue for those guys. They're yeah. not really doing well. And then, you know, the defense missed a bunch of tackles, especially that long touchdown with a tight end. And, you know, it's just it, it's one of those things where I think it just kind of it, – it it definitely led to some like, hey, man, these are some issues that they've had and, and produced since he's been there. You kind of want to see that stuff obviously change, and just like any coach. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting. But I think that Brom, obviously, he's recruiting a little bit better like this year. I mean, their, their year last year, you can't, you know, you can't sneeze at that. They had a really great year. I think they'll be fine. Penn State – probably a little bit better than an unranked team right now. So, yeah, we'll see how the season goes out. But his quarterback plays great. The offensive line played really well. I think he's just got to fix those things that seem to be kind of ongoing issues, I guess you can say. Does yes. anybody know what happened with Milton Wright? He is academically. I know, but did he end up anywhere, or is he just no. in limbo? Like, so, per the rules, he yeah, you're Oh, out. he couldn't go anywhere. No. Gotcha. This might come as no shock to Keith, but yeah, uh, Brahm has never had a thousand yard running back at Purdue. Yeah, it's been closest crazy. was DJ Knox with eight hundred eighty three. They had the worst rushing yards per average, I think, per carry, I think, last year in the country. So if I'm remembering that correctly, last year their top running back had five hundred thirty three yards. Yeah, that's yeah. bad. That's not good. That's yeah, that's bad. I don't think they had a thousand yards combined of their whole other running backs added up. 
Texture says, student t-shirt seen around campus today just said, Scott, don't make this weird. Don't make this awkward. <laughs> Somebody should make that shirt. That would be awesome. And just on the, it says it on the front, it says, don't make this weird. And on the very back, it says, beat cues. That would be great. Texas, does anyone not listen to the show in the nude? <laughs> only terrorists. I mean I, I, I mean, I do the show in the nude. It's the only way to appreciate art. Texas, that texter needs to be blocked. Trevor needs to turn the mic off, not up. <laughs> <laughs> Texas, I watch TV on my phone while showering. Also, soaping my butt is not nearly the worst thing I do in the shower. Okay. Wait, but how do you watch TV in the shower? I don't know either. I don't, I don't want to know. Like, that's just, first of all, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not actually the long shower guy either. Like, I, I got to be out in like 10 minutes, right? I just think it would just not be entertaining to watch a TV show on your phone during that time as opposed to just taking a 10, 15, even 20 minute break and then come back and watch the show on a normal TV. I mean, what is, this, work. is this Kramer over here making a salad while in the shade, like installing a, a garbage disposal in there? Texas, have you all seen the Syracuse O line TikTok video they made? Hilarious. I have not. Is this. Uh, I don't watch the TikTok. It's, uh, I just saw what it. What do they do? I saw it when I was walking in. It's like that new, uh, it's a new TikTok thing where Office on Lyman, they do like uh, their kick steps, you know, when they back uh-huh. pass protection to a song and they. The but there's a guy laying on the ground kicking his feet. You remember that old UK picture of their picture day and one of their guys is laying with his hands? Yes, just, yes. Yeah, one of their yeah. And then people always juxtapose it with Michael Dyer. Yeah, yeah like this is Louisville <laughs> football versus Kentucky football. It starts off with a guy doing that for some reason. Okay. Yeah. Well, we need to beat these guys. Yeah. Scott, listen. <laughs> Shut these dudes up. Uh, Texas says Syracuse hasn't produced a relevant NFL player since Donovan McNabb. True. No, well, who they who Syracuse? They, by the way, their only conference Franey. championship was McNabb. I think Dwight Franey played with Donovan McNabb, though. So yeah, oh, so did that, Kevin Johnson. Yeah. Other than that, you're talking. There's got to be a Taj in there. A, a, they've always got a Taj. There's a Taj <laughs> that's played in the NFL. I know it. I feel like there's somebody. Well, I mean, the guy that that last year, the True Williams, he had a, he was okay last year. I think True Williams is from Syracuse. Yeah, and he yeah, they, people and forget about had, him because um, he set out the whole the year for COVID. They had another de- defensive back that I think went to the league, but which Taj? <laughs> um, There's got to be somebody. Riley else. Dixon, the punter, was yeah, yeah. I, he's probably the best out of their most recent players. I don't even remember. Justin Pugh was a first round draft pick so in 2013. Yeah, he was it's offensive lineman. lineman guard, right? Ryan Nassib got drafted, but he was well, Shamarco Thomas. Shamarco Thomas was a while ago. Chandler Jones was 2012. He was a first round pick. Yeah, Chandler Jones is a really good NFL player. Too. Yeah, he's with the Raiders. Really now. good player. I'm just seeing a lot of different names. Like I, I kind of forgot about Delon Carter. He's a fourth round pick. Yeah, so did I. Not a lot of great, not not, yeah. not a lot of great NFL talent that I'm yeah. going now that I'm going through the list. There's not a lot of guys that you're gonna really that you're like, oh yeah, this guy's a great NFL player. But Chandler Jones is legit one of the best defensive ends in the, in the NFL. So they Dwight Franey was 02 when he was drafted. McNabb was 99. So that may have been, I mean, Freddie might be the answer. And again, I'll, I'll add McNabb. The only, uh, the last time they won a, any kind of conference championship was McNabb. They won the Big East that year. Gosh, it's a long time. I was watching a, a rerun of Friends like last week. Of course. And uh, it was just a random episode and like Joey's holding a newspaper and I can't help but notice the front page of it shows a picture of McNabb in a Syracuse jersey. Really? And it's talking about like keys with the big witness and I'm like, 
I'm having like this weird flashback right now watching this show. Imagine any TV show set in New York in modern times that would have like reference Syracuse in any capacity. That was my, I mean, first, that was yeah. my first thought. I was like, man, that seems really or worthy. Syracuse football specifically. Yeah, that anybody up there would actually care about Syracuse. Texas, and we can end the the, the segment on this uh, note because it is something that people have been talking a lot about. I know you have uh, an opinion on this, Texas Keith. What is your take on Lole not starting? What are your expectations for him this year at this point? I don't, I don't think it matters that he's not starting. Um, and that, that's why, you know, it kind of goes back to the point I made about having enough guys that you're rotating. And they're going to rotate guys, and that's, a, that's part of why you need more than six. Um, I think at, 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 for Lole specifically, um, I'm buying the hype on Destel. You know, he's, up, he's, he's gained some weight. He played well early on before he got injured as a freshman. Didn't play unbelievably well, but, I mean, he played well for a very young guy that was undersized. I, I'm buying the hype on him. And I think that's part of it. But Lole, he's been injured. Um, you know, I think that's a big factor. And I think the other thing is that, you know, you don't want to just play a guy just because he's here. You know, if, if Destel has won the job le- legitimately through fall camp, partially because Lole's injured, then you, you, you make him the starter. And like I said, it just it doesn't matter as much because as the game goes on, they'll change up who's getting more snaps based on how well they're playing. Um, but as for Lole, I have high expectations. I think he's going to be the biggest game changer um, on on the on the defense from uh, when it comes to the new guys because he's shown it. I mean, he's he's got unbelievable quickness. He's an NFL caliber player. You look at the the mock drafts right now. He's in all the mock drafts. That's something that Louisville has not had for a while now. And so, NFL players, you know, guys that you know are, are going to play at the next level. I mean, when you have those guys, you expect them to to produce. So. You know, I, I think he's come in. He seems like he's playing well. He's he's in the weight room benching, you know, more than he's ever benched before or whatever. Not benching, but power clean, whatever mm-hmm. it is. You know, that stuff seems – it all seems to be right. So, to me, I don't think it's as much about him not starting. I think if we – if, if if you know, tomorrow night he's not playing and, and they're quite literally playing Destel like three times as many snaps, that's going to be a disappointment. Uh, I'd imagine him being more of a split where, you know, from drive to drive, you, you will maybe see uh, one or the other until the game gets going. And, you know, maybe late in the second quarter, they'll maybe start playing the guys playing the best. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about keys, uh, keys, keys to victory. Good Lord, that's not hard to say. Uh, and we'll take some more of your texts at 502-414-1450. Getting you ready. I mean, my God, we're, we're so close. Just over 24 hours away from kickoff, 8 o'clock, Louisville-Syracuse. And, again, it'll be the first time you can hear a Louisville football game on our sister station, 970 WGTK. You can hear Paul Rogers and company, all the action, all the pregame, everything you want over there at 970. Lock it in. We're going to have Cardinal Athletics here for you all season long. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll keep the show rolling. It's the Mike Rutherford Show getting you ready for Syracuse here on 1450 The Big X.
Welcome back in Friday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. I had to find a way to throw Curtis Mayfield in there. I like it. I mean, plus we're moving on up, we're going Curtis up to Mayfield. Syracuse. Came out of nowhere. I like it to blast yeah. him. Yeah, you never know with Trevor. It, it's you know you get a little bit of it's like his movie watching where he'll come in and be like, I do watch three movies last night. It was uh, Look Who's Talking. It was uh, Finding Nemo, and then it was Eraserhead. Like that'll be it, it'll, it'll make it be the the, like, the least analogous or like movies that have the, the fewest similarities possible. See, I love this because so I did wake up for a little bit last night around two a.m. and I woke up for a minute and I went and drank some more juice, ate, a, ate some ha- ate a half a ham sandwich, and watched about forty five minutes of Dazed and Confused. That a boy. And then went back to bed. Not a bad way to spend forty five minutes in the middle of a no <laughs> days sick night. That's that's, that's fine. Um, we've been talking a lot about football, obviously, with Syracuse uh, season opener coming up just in, in what about twenty eight hours. Uh, the team is making its way to New York. A couple other quick notes uh, to get to from last night. How about shout out to the U of L women's soccer team? They go on the road to Memphis State, never Memphis, always Memphis State, and they knock off the twenty third ranked Tigers by a final of three to two. Props to the ladies there, bouncing back from a, uh, a setback last weekend against Xavier. The men's soccer team, by the way, is in action tonight. They look to move to 3-0-0 when they host Seattle, 7-30. Make it out to Mark and Cindy Lynn Stadium if you can. If you're not going there, make it out to the LN uh, Credit Union Arena. God, I can never get the whole name right. It's just yeah, it's too close. boring. Let them play close. at the Yums. Let the, let the volleyball team play at the Yums Center. Make it easy on all of us. <laughs> but the third-ranked UofL, women's vo- or UofL volleyball team will play its first home match of the season uh, in the Cardinal Classic. They're going to play number 15 San Diego tonight. Then they'll play Ohio State in the other game of the Cardinal Classic this weekend. Volleyball looking to move to 6-0. They have not dropped a set yet, uh, as mentioned. Good luck to all the UofL teams competing. Also, uh, field hockey's playing, I, I believe, Penn today, and then they're going to play number 13, Princeton, on Sunday. It's part of this ACC Ivy League crossover event that they've got going on this weekend. So they're playing Penn and Princeton, but they're playing them in, I believe, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Makes which sense. makes perfect yeah, sense. Totally makes sense. I mean, UNC will just do whatever it can to try to be an Ivy League school. <laughs> just to try to just convince anybody that they're an Ivy League school. Don't pay attention to our academic scandal. <laughs> We're just like you. Get out of my face. Shut up. But best of luck to the field hockey team. And then, of course, we've got football taking on Syracuse at 8 o'clock on Saturday. ACC Network is the game, 970 WGTK. What do we have for, for high school? I know we have – what's the high – do we have the St. X game versus Mail here tonight? I know we're the yeah, that's, on, that's on 94-7. It's not on 1450? No, 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 no. What's 1450 tonight? That's IU, IU in Illinois. Yeah, uh, that's right, because we have the IU it'll game. Be on, uh, it'll be on 1450-96-1. Uh, uh, that starts with the uh, pregame at 7, kickoff at 8, with the uh, Dosset exciting tones of Mr. Don Fisher. Do you know what that word is? You always use it. Uh, no, it's not. It's not. You keep using this word. I don't think you know what it means, it's, do you? It's not Dawson. <laughs> Dawson's not the word. We've, we've gone for a, a year of you doing this. I can't tell if it's a running joke or if you just genuinely don't know what. Well, it that's is. the mystery of it. And if you want to know, keep tuning in. That's right. Uh, otherwise, the you'll allure never, of the show. You'll never find out whether Trevor is actually an idiot or if he's just a <laughs> idiot savant. Just very funny. <laughs> yeah, he's just, you'll never know. Uh, and then we have um, speaking of uh, exciting tones, Mr. Scoots. Uh, when he's not calling me, he is uh, calling the game tonight, and uh, there would be Silver Creek and Floyd Central. Oh, he's off manual duty. He's off. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's off manual. He's off manual duty, and that game will be on our uh, sister cousin station of six eighty. And then I think we have. Do we not have? We have Trinity versus Center Grove on nine seventy WGTK, right? Yes. Yeah, and then we'll have the bats on. And we got seventy five games on our stations. It's I don't unbelievable. Know what you have the bats on. I'm sorry, bats. Nick, don't get mad at me. I know. We got Trinity. Uh, they're taking on Center Grove from Indiana tonight. Seven o'clock kickoff. It's their, I think, their first home game of the season after playing their op- two openers on the road. I'll give a shout out to my guy John King Jr. Uh, his dad was a longtime 
uh, sideline reporter for Trinity Games, he's a Trinity legend, passed away unfortunately a few months ago, oh, beloved by everybody. Now his son, John King Jr., is a, a great guy as well, taking his place tonight, doing a little radio work on 970 WGTK, so check it out. Hopefully the Rocks can uh, can bounce back from a tough week last week against Moeller. We'll talk about the other big uh, the, the big high school game of the weekend, Senex versus Mail, which you can hear right here on the home of X, the Big X. We'll talk about a little bit that more during our pick section. But going back to to Syracuse, Can't wait to hear Wagner plays by the way. Wagner plays Valley tonight. I thought we were playing. I mean, Valley. they play more. Oh, they play more tonight. I mean, they're just they're setting the bar so low. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, does more even have a team anymore? No more won last week. They beat Southern. Oh well. Yeah. You shouldn't. You, we can't really talk about anybody since Wagner lost to a team that had lost sixty four consecutive games last week. So <laughs> somebody's no. bound to win. I mean, that's uh, that's uh, <laughs> it was bound to happen, right? I mean, <laughs> and then a, they also lost in week one to a school that neither one of us knew existed. <laughs> we had to look up, and I was like, "Oh, it's in Tennessee. That makes more sense." And I was like, "Oh no, it is in Kentucky." <laughs> Shout out to East Ridge. We love you. We're big East Ridge fans. <laughs> yeah, well, some of us more than others. <laughs> uh, going back to the Syracuse game, I'm with you. Something you said earlier, Keith. When I see these people, because I, you know, I've seen Andrea Adelson saying I'm a little bit, you know, I think Syracuse might be able to pull the upset. I've seen a couple of national people picking the upset. I know it. You can't read into last year's like to recent results that much when you're talking about a game, but when you have so many of the same returning players, yeah. when you've got I mean, Sean Ducker's great. Don't get me wrong. We we knew that. We knew that going into last year's game. And yep. he was he was good, not great against us. We we kept Garrett Trader in the pocket. We didn't let him beat us with his arm. Their offensive line doesn't look like it should be that much improved. They don't have any new gigantic weapons on the outside. The defense more or less looks the same. Why? It's a four-and-a-half-point spread. Why should I be more nervous than I am? Outside of just like... General Mike Rutherford, every game scares the bleep out of me by the time we get to kickoff, and I, I expect the worst because I'm a pessimistic fan. Yeah. Why? Wh- I'm feeling confident right now. Yeah. What worries you about this game that I'm not thinking enough about? So, so Syracuse wasn't nearly as bad as they looked against Louisville last year. Like from a team standpoint, uh, you know, they're off the top of my head. I think they were eight or nine points away from you know, three more wins last year, uh, kind of similar to Louisville where they, they, they lost some close games and whatnot. Um, so I think they're a better team than what we saw last year. But outside of their new offensive coordinator, there is not anything new. So the thing that scared me last year was the fact that you they spread you out and they run you run Sean Tucker, and it's really hard to defend that. You know, that's why most teams, when they spread you out, they throw the ball all over the field. They don't actually run the ball very much. Well, you know, that's the thing that's really kind of concerning is that Virginia was an air raid team, and they rarely ran the football. You know, so you knew what you're going to get. You just got to defend the, the pass. Well, going against Syracuse this year, you're going to have to defend the pass because the scheme is a pass-heavy offense but you have Sean Tucker back there. So if they spread spread it out, they speed you up, they're going to go very fast, and it's just about whether or not de- the Louisville's defense can handle that. And I think that's going to be that's that's going to be the question. And it's, it's you know, I, I, it's us because it's not, you know, I, I wrote this in my post today uh, or yesterday about what to watch for. Syracuse is going to score points this year. They just are. I, I would be very surprised if Louisville comes out and completely shuts them down and contains them like they did last year. Because their scheme is going to be more, let's spread these guys out and run Sean Tucker into these gaps that you're leaving open because you have to spread your defense out to cover all the wide receivers. So that is going to be hard to do, but it's not that much different than what Syracuse did before. Dino Babers is a is an old air raid guy himself. So 
I think that's where I'm kind of I'm kind of like oh, I don't know if that's going to really be that much. And also, Garrett Schrader can't throw the football. He hasn't shown the ability to throw no. the ball consistently. So, what what the concern is is genuinely just whether or not Sean Tucker becomes plays like he did against every other team last year. Louisville held him to 95 yards, five yards per carry. Everybody else he ran for 100 yards on except for Rutgers, I think. And that was the second game of the season. So he'd come into that game with six or seven straight games with 100 yards. And I remember writing about this last year. Like, I don't know how Louisville's just going to stop this guy who who nobody else can. Well, he they, they contained him really well. And they contained Garrett Schrader and made him throw the football, and he just couldn't do it. If they can do that again this year, I think they're going to be fine. The question is, with this new scheme, this new system, is that gonna that is that gonna really turn the table that much? And I'm a little concerned it is, but it's it's it seems very very far fetched to me. But I can see it happening if that makes sense. I'll say the same thing that I said during Tuesday's show when we kind of talked about reasons for concern. And if Garrett Trader comes out and looks like you know the second coming of Chris Redman tomorrow, I'll, I'll just tip my cap and say, well, props to him. Right. But people keep talking about Robert and I saying, you know, well. Look what he did with Brandon Armstrong. Look what he did back in the day with Taysom Hill. He's got Garrett Trader now. And I keep saying, like, you, you can't just say that. Like, <laughs> you know, it'd be like saying, like, look at what we did with, you know, what Scott Satterfield did with Malik Cunningham. Look what he did with, you know, Pierce Clarkson. Look what he can do with Mike Rutherford. No, it's like, like one of these things is not like the others. You can't just make somebody into a prolific pocket passer. Yeah. And Garrett Trader last year, and really even when he was back at Mississippi State before he got punched in the face by a teammate before yeah. a bowl game, he – was a, a, a run-first, dual-threat quarterback. Yeah. If you kept him in the pocket, he couldn't get the job done. Most of his, his great passes were little crossing routes where the wide receiver made plays. Yeah. And we saw that firsthand last year. Don't get me wrong, I expect him to be better than he was in that game last year, but when you go back and watch some of that game and look at how bad he was, yeah. can he be that much better to the point where Syracuse is dropping like uh, you know however many points they would need to outscore what should be a, a Louisville offense that can put up points against that, that Q's defense? Well, and I think the other thing, too, is there's – the wide receivers don't don't do anything for me. I I, I've, I mean I, they they lost Tosh Harris last year to the portal. If they don't have a Tosh, they're done. <laughs> they're done. They're Toshless. He, he he left after a few games last year uh, and hit the portal, and and that was part of why their wide why their passing game. Anybody know where he landed? By the way, uh, he ended up at Rutgers. No, Kentucky sounds right. I remember Kentucky was like he's going like we're getting Tosh Harris. Yeah. He was a big deal, and he uh, he played for Rutgers. Okay. And he had 16 catches for 171 yards and no touchdowns. By the way, Louisville and Pittsburgh, the only two teams to hold Tucker under 100 yards in multiple meetings. There you go. Nice. So, he I, only I, played three games for Rutgers last year. I don't know if he got hurt. He's at Syracuse. Well, he played, he's at, I think he's at Rutgers now. Oh, this is Syracuse last year. And then he left after the three games. Yeah, now he's at Rutgers this season. I gotcha. Think, I think he's at I Rutgers. I gotcha. I'm going to go with Rutgers. I, I got gotcha. you. Um, no, it is. You're right. It's sad that I know that. It's impressive. <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs> it is, actually, yeah. But, um... We but need no, you around I, here more often when I ask dumb questions. <laughs> I think the big thing is, um, you know, the receivers, they have guys coming back, but none of those guys looked good last year. Uh, they brought in a couple guys. I mean, even their – I think they're – to me, maybe their top transfer is Demarcus Adams, guy that played at Florida State, went to Florida Atlantic last year, runs a 4-3 or something like that, and he's not even on the depth chart. So, you know, they, they moved one of their receivers that they their, their fans at least thought was going to be maybe their number one option. He's at tight end now. Um, which I think he's probably going to play that Caton Thompson role where they kind of move him all around and do kind of crazy stuff. So Rondé Gatson's son. I don't know if you guys remember Rondé Gatson from the Dolphins, but um, I just don't. I don't think they have the weapons to help Garrett Schrader 
become a better passer. And to your point, you, you a lot of those guys rely on those short, quick passes, those crossing routes, those things where you can get the guy, the guy the ball and let him do something with it. I don't think they have that. So it's going to be Sean Tucker. It's going to be Garrett Schrader on design stuff. But I, I, that's another question I have. How much design runs are they going to do with him in this offense where last year was a feature? This year it might be more of him scrambling. And I'm sorry, if, if they're getting him scrambling, that's a that's a win for Louisville. You know, so I think it's just it, it, you've got to contain Sean Tucker. I think last year they had a good game plan because they, they brought a lot of pressure. They brought a lot of guys and said, hey, let, let Garrett Schrader beat us with his arm until he can show that he can do that. I just don't see it happening. I think Orlando Gaston, by the way, was on the last Dolphin team to win a playoff game. There you go. See, because how long ago that's both been working together on our uh, trip. Trevor always just just dynamite dropping. I remember him. I remember him playing in the late nineties, early two thousands, and the Dolphins have one playoff win since two thousand one. So everything that Keith says leads me to say something in, in response, which is this, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna need you to keep doing what you've been doing against Syracuse. There's really not much of an excuse for these guys to come out and score enough points to knock Louisville off tomorrow night. And if we're going to if we're going to repair this relationship, if we're going if you're going to reward the faith that Scott Satterfield has put in you, my goodness, we need to start off on the right foot here. Yeah. I want to know what is it about Syracuse that, that he can't do with anybody else. I mean, uh, and, and so so here's <laughs> the thing: just, is he just mad at Syracuse first? Does he hate the color orange? Does so as as someone who at least at times has been accused of like making excuses, <laughs> and, I, and I'm writing I'm writing about this literally right now. So in a, in a way at least, You're writing about I do, making. I do think that especially last year, I don't think people gave enough credit to the teams that Louisville played against. I mean, it was one of the toughest schedules Louisville's ever had. A lot of good quarterbacks, and that's that's where you know I'm not like I said, it's not an excuse. I don't want it to come off as an excuse. It's just a what a not a. It's more context, I guess, to it that you're not playing against Charlotte. I was watching the Lamar Jackson highlights when he scored eight touchdowns in the first half against Charlotte. And I was like, God, why don't they schedule like that every year? I've been saying this for a long time. Like, like please give me. It was, it was that year was Charlotte. There's another G5 team in Houston. Maybe not. Maybe not Houston, but give me three G5 schools sure. on the non-conference schedule. Especially the way that. that the ACC has the middle of the ACC has improved. The top is still the top. Clemson's still Clemson, at least until they show that they're falling off two years in a row, which I know you think is happening, which is possible. To a certain extent. Right. But as that improves, you've got to take care of the you, – you can't can't play James Madison as your bye game. I'm sorry. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, I know you hate it. Uh, I absolutely hate it. But you also – these other non-conference games, you already have Kentucky on the schedule. Why make it harder and, and play these other teams that you're playing? I get when they did it. Things seem to be kind of on an upswing, and they really aren't, in all honesty. But you've got to be realistic because that's what happens. You play a bunch of good teams, and then the next thing you know, it really does you're, – you're having a much harder time to win these games because historically, as I'm running right now, Louisville has not had a lot of a lot of success playing against winning football teams. They just haven't. It is. You've, you've thrown the stat out there, and I'm going to let you do it again. It's a depressing thing to it's, say about well, it. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, just sad. When you think about our, our history, I mean, so many like you think about big upsets. We think about our greatest games. The, the 0-2 Florida State game certainly comes to mind. The upset of Florida in the Sugar Bowl. And you think, man, we've played in all these high-profile games. We've been the underdog, and we've— you know, we've, we've, we've beaten the big guys so many times. The Florida State game in 2016, which propelled Lamar Jackson the Heisman Trophy. And you, you've thrown the stats out there, Keith. For the most part, for a long time when it comes to Louisville football, we've been beating the teams we're supposed to beat. Yep. 
and not beating any of the teams <laughs> that are supposed to beat us. Yeah. So Louisville, since joining ACC, is one in twenty-four against teams that ended the year ranked. That why, why I say end of the year ranked is because you can play it. You can beat a ranked team in week one, and that that team can go four and eight. You know, and they're not they're not really as good as they seem to be in the preseason. But at the end of the year, they're one in to, they're one in twenty four against teams that are that have been ranked. And that one win is Florida State in two thousand sixteen. Ten ten win team. On top of that, since they joined the ACC, they have two wins against teams that have won nine or more games in the season. Good lord! So. So we should have stayed in the American, is what you're saying? Should have stayed in that cave. Yeah, should have stayed in the. So <laughs> that those and the, and and the reason why I point this out is that I think that people look at win totals and I and I, it's understandable. It's, it's natural. It's not like I'm calling anybody up and calling anybody stupid or anything like that. But people look at like eight nine wins and and hey, they should be an eight nine win program. And it's like that's not that's not where Louisville is. There's not and not a lot of programs can just call out their win total. You know that that's something that I think. Some the, the top level teams do, and other programs think they can do the same. And it's like, no, nah, that's not how it works. You're going to fluctuate based on your program and what your program can do. And what Louisville has shown is that historically, over the last, what, eight years, I guess now, they don't beat good football teams. They just don't. They don't have a winning record against teams with winning records on their, on their schedule. They're usually three and three or, you know, two and five or something like that. And they beat the bad teams on their schedule every year. The difference between the first four to the five years in the ACC and now, they don't have as many bad teams on the schedule. Yeah. And so, that's where it's 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 hard to you know like I said it sucks because it makes it sound like oh well the fun games the fun we had wasn't all that fun but it's not I mean it's still you know well you you also mentioned how much better the middle of like the Atlantic Division's gotten because yeah. those first three seasons we came in and we did what we were expected to do. We because we quite literally did not lose a single game to Boston College, Wake Forest, yep. NC State, or Syracuse. We, we we destroyed the teams that were presumably below us yep. going into the conference, and then we beat Florida State once, should have beaten them twice, mm-hmm. and lost to Clemson all three times. And that was kind of we did have the loss to Virginia in 2014, yep. and that was not great. But we took care of the other coastal teams that we played, and it was just you know going about your business. Those Wake and BC teams, particularly those first few years, were just total walkovers. Like, yeah, it was like playing absolutely. a group of five team. Yep. And now it's not the case. We know how much better Wake has gotten. BC, now that they've got Djokovic back healthy, they should be back mm-hmm. to being where they've been the last couple of years, which is you know, a tough test. And yeah. they've had some success against us. NC State is, is you know, they're always NC State. They yeah. get seven, eight, nine <laughs> wins every year. It's who they are. It's what they do. Yep. Q's, I mean, we'll see what happens this year. They're in sort of a state of flux, but they're. You don't have those games where it's like, like I think it was the the 2015 year or 2014 where Petrino's uh, first or second season, we played Boston College, and like we did nothing on offense, and we knew they couldn't move the ball at all. They had like a the, the worst offense I've ever seen, and you could kind of go through the motions for four quarters and then just get a player two here and, and win the game. You can't do that against any yeah, of these teams anymore. Not at all. And I think these teams are all. <laughs> Doing something, I think Louisville did a pretty good job of in those years. Is they're getting a few guys. You just need a few guys to, to really turn turn your tide. You don't need the you know the you have the entire team. You're Clemson. You know you're you're playing at that top level. To to to, to succeed in that middle level, you just have to have a few guys. And I think that you know obviously Lamar Jackson is not just a guy. I mean obviously he's an absolute superstar. But you look at the talent level that Louisville's had had around him then, and is having honestly since what, 2016 or so, 2015, there's not a lot of guys that are put in the NFL. There's only a handful of guys left in the NFL right now that, that went to Louisville. That's 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 where they've got to get better, and that's that's 
from Petrino at the end there to Scott Satterfield up until this recruiting class. He's got to get better. But I think the other thing is that they've got to find a way. Um, I, I read a Boston College post on this. They talked about how Steve Adazio got fired because he couldn't get over that seven-win hump. And that's why you bring in a guy like Jeff, Jeff Halfley. You fire this guy, and the next guy has to do that. I don't think Louisville's in the same situation because you, didn't, you fire the guy, the last guy because he just wasn't winning. You bring in a new guy, he's got to rebuild. But at this point, from this point on, yeah, that's where Scott Satterfield has to get to is that I've got to turn the tide and, and buck that trend of, hey, we can't beat ranked teams. We can't beat teams with ring records. We can't beat nine, nine win teams. That, that stuff has to stop because if not, you're no better than the last guy. And at that point, your program is just stagnant. So that's where maybe not this year, but obviously if things are good enough this year and he's just, he's, he keeps his job and things get better, that's where you hope to see that recruiting improvement take them to the point where they can get to. Charlie Strong didn't play against a lot of ranked teams, but he beat all the good teams on the mm-hmm. schedule, right? They were 4-1 in, in 2013 against teams with winning records. That's it. Your schedule is your schedule. He won those games, but he also had a lot of talent on his teams. That's how you get there, and to me, that's also where, you know, obviously, wins you got to win games and, and 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 whatnot. But that's where Scott has some kind of a little bit of leverage right now because he's bringing in some better talent. There's signs that they can sustain that. If he can just do enough, then you kind of get something maybe going. The, the wins would be great. I think the other thing that has to happen is you can't just keep getting your brains beating by Kentucky. Yeah, like that's it's straightforward. I, I know Kentucky's had good teams. But I mean, again, we were favored at home yeah. on our on our. I mean, in, in the last game of the year, and we lost by what, what could have been you know, fifty five points if they wanted to be. Like, you have to at least start being. And Ole Miss looks like they they were playing a different sport than us too yeah. in week one. That's got to change. Like, I, I think Trevor's made this point a bunch too. You know, people keep talking about do you keep him at six and six? Or how happy are you with seven and five? The combination of wins matters. I think you would you would actually give up a couple of upset losses if you could in turn get like a win over Clemson yeah. or a win yeah. over UK or a win over something from the ACC that's having, a, like if Pitt is undefeated when you play them in October. Right. Like we, we just, we haven't had those types of, outside of the UCF game, which was more about the circumstances in which it happened, mm-hmm. we haven't had those like euphoria inducing, like I can't think about, I can't even go to sleep, I'm so excited, type victories yeah. in a long time. And I think that's part of the reason why there's been like sort of a, a, a malaise with the fan base. Yeah, it's, we're just we're desperate for those types of days. It's about the quality of the win, and that's that's it's literally the, the title of my post. There you go. It's, it's it's really I think like I said I think people get tied into this quantity, and it's like hey eight nine wins or it has to be this. And it, it's got you got to have a quality win there, and if and if he's able to get that, you know, and I've and I've pointed this out on paper right now, nine wins is one of the best. Wins one of the, one of the best seasons in the history of the program. For sure. You'd have to win two ranked games. They haven't. They've only done that, I believe, one time ever. Beating two ranked teams in the same season. Jeez. Maybe I'm. Maybe it's three. What year was that? Oh man, you put me on spot. Two thousand four, I believe. Okay. So, all right. In in and realistically, you know, I've people say, ago. "Well, they can win ten. And I'm like, "You're talking. I mean, we're talking about things that just haven't happened." And I don't think. I think that's the other aspect. When you look at the quality as opposed to the quantity. It's a more fair way of looking at it because also if you don't get any of those quality wins and you're losing games you shouldn't, that's you flip this over and say, hey, he, he's he's really on the flip side of this, and six wins isn't enough, or seven wins isn't enough because those also included some really bad losses that he shouldn't lose. Mm-hmm. So the quality of the opponent matters just as much as the quantity to me because it's the fair way to really judge can this guy really do it here? And as of right now, he's done with what what we've done. In, in, in the eight years in the ACC, he's beaten the teams they're supposed to beat and lost to the, te- lost to the teams they normally lose to. If that goes the other way and he starts losing games he shouldn't, like he did in 2020, 
Or if it goes the opposite way, that's what it, really what you can judge a little bit differently than just saying, hey, you got the seven wins. Well, seven wins could also be seven, the seven games on paper they should win and then all the other losses, and it's like, well, is he getting over that hump? Right. On, on a positive twist to what Louisville can't beating a team they're not supposed to, Syracuse sucks. And all that leads me to just tell you is Scott. 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 <laughs> all right. So make, we're saying. Don't stop making it weird. If you're gonna keep, if you're gonna stay on the, the same trend, then we all know this should be a victory tomorrow. The first step, <laughs> the next step is beating teams we're not supposed to beat. The first step is Scott. <laughs> we need you to beat Syracuse, man. That's all we need. We, we want to have a fun week of shows next week. Yeah. That's all. That's all we're saying. Uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll have the third hour of the show. We'll get into our predictions in the second segment uh, for not just the Louisville game, but this weekend's big games in college football. Man, it just feels it feels good to be back in this place. Uh, we'll have hour number three on the way next. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It continues here on I don't like starting the pop o'clock hour of the first game week with this. I don't like it. You're, you're, you're saying you've given up believing? I stopped believing you in stop like 2007 when I heard the song for the million times. <laughs> I mean, are we blaming? Come on. You can't blame Sopranos on this. I'm blaming like every, every frat and sorority <laughs> and every like white bar that like had college kids in the mid-2000s that played this song at least seven times We clearly hang out in the wrong so different circles. I, I mean, I never... One, I never hung I out. Stop believing in Yeah, I don't hang out at frat houses. I've got to be a half a fifth deep to be able to enjoy that song. Same. <laughs> yeah, again, if it's like at 1 a.m. and I'm, I'm very drunk, yes. then yeah, I'm like... Well, how do you know that's not where I'm at? Well, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not what I want for games. It's not what I want for pre-series. I mean, you got to get... Once again, I think the, all, all the vibes this week say bad second quarter. The, the, the end of the second quarter, the beginning of the third are not going to go well for us. We need to finish strong here and make sure the vibes are correct for the fourth quarter. Because we're going to start great. But then Wednesday show, not being able to get on the air was not a good sign. I don't like that at all. You not feeling good was also not a good sign. But me feeling me, me getting out of the way through the week, and it would have sucked if I was like starting my sickness today. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. We're feeling better now. My neurologist appointment, that was not great. So well, we're, that's a given, usually we're, I mean. we're bad. Again, second quarter... <laughs> Beginning of the third, not going great. I think we're going to finish strong. The vibes have been better today. They were better yesterday. We're good. But we got to make sure this hour's good. How's your week moving, Keith? Pretty good. I'm, I'm you know, we got a four day weekend. He doesn't yeah. seem he's not excited. That is, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. This is him excited. <laughs> yeah, sorry. He's not excited enough. <laughs> yeah, I am smiling. What makes, <laughs> what makes Friday good is once again, we're coming to you for the first time from yeah, the baby. UofL College of Business Studio, our new studio I sponsor. College. Business. Why do you keep thinking that, that means you're in college? Because, I mean, that's the closest thing I've got. You this went is, to college for at least, like, what, a year? A year and a half, yeah. You were in classrooms. I had, I had a class with, the, oh, what was his name? The guy that hit the shot against Drake. Um, I had a friend who worked with him. Yeah, um, he was the only athlete I had a class with, and it was like just my last semester there, and I can't remember his name now. I can't either. And it's funny. It's, ben, it's Vasquez Munez or something like that. No, yeah. no, no, no. That wasn't the guy who hit the shot against Drake. He was on that team, but that wasn't the same guy. 
this was, it was a um, oh god, it drives me. It's gonna drive me crazy because um, he ended up working in pharmaceuticals. Ty Rogers. Okay. The guy with the shot, and he worked with my wife's best friend for a little period of time. She's like, "Do you know some guy named Ty who played for what?" And like on an off chance, I'm like, "Ty Rogers, maybe." And she's like, "Yes, he had a big shot in a big game." I was like, "Yes, against Drake." <laughs> I was crazy. I was watching that game at a bar in Birmingham, by the way, because I was down there for the uh, watch Louisville play. As always, pertinent yeah. information. <laughs> we were in the same hotel with uh, Big Worm from uh, Friday. That, that, now I like that. Did <laughs> got my That's picture good. with him, and that saved it. Unfortunately, it's on like most old school flip phones. Well, that phone is God knows where that is. <laughs> we didn't have a cloud invented by then, so yeah. I mean, I wish I had that picture still. That's a bad break. <laughs> uh, reminder again: we've got U of L football coming up on our sister station tomorrow night, nine seventy WGTK, your new home for all Cardinal athletics. Uh, nine seventy will also be the home for Trinity football this season. You can hear their game against Center Grove tonight at seven o'clock. Sanix Mail game. We're going to talk about a little bit later. We'll be right here on fourteen fifty The Big X. And then Trevor reeled off like 17 other games that are on other stations that I, I, I can't even keep track of. We, good, good luck. You try me in my shoes trying to schedule them all. It's unbelievable <laughs> how much we have going. We have like three technicians in here sharing one room when we get off the air. Uh, I don't know how you guys are going to. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be a mess. But it's going to be a beautiful mess. And it's going to work, I have no doubt, smoothly and efficiently. Because that's the way we do things here. I'm assuming Dave and Gary are going to like draw straws. The short straw gets to share the room with me. For the game. I mean, you're probably right. That's <laughs> probably what's going to happen. I do love that you guys both have to like be in the same room to do two different games on the board. I got a text, by the way. Keith, uh, David Yates wants me to tell you hello. Hey, I know Dave. Small producer. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, there you go. DJ Yates. Keith seemed thrilled to hear from him. That, I mean, first, for the <laughs> he's record. Listening, he's like, he hates well, me. <laughs> actually, this is Keith's excited. Like, he, he's, that, that, he's very monotone. Like, like, this is I, him excited. <laughs> this is the happiest I've seen him. Like, I yeah. can see Keith like during like at the wedding be like, I love you. <laughs> it's the I do. Day of my life. <laughs> it's a fair point. Yeah, it's probably, it's, it's, I'm sitting here. I'm thinking like my wife's probably listening. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's about right. That is yeah. him excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking about this a second ago. I think you make the case. I, I'm not sure I would, but I think you can make the case that this is about the most consequential, not biggest, but consequential season opener that Louisville's had in a long time, maybe ever. Because, I mean, we know it's that winnable. Well, no, but we, we know that Scott Satterfield needs to have a big season, not just to keep his job, but to really keep the faith of the fan base and, in turn, potentially keep this 2023 recruiting class alive. Like, yep. I, I mentioned this in the post I wrote today. Like, Pierce Clarkson has said in no uncertain terms, the only thing that keeps me from going to Louisville is if there's a coaching change. Yep. And I think the only thing that keeps Scott Satterfield from being the head coach next year is if something just disastrous happens. If this team goes 4-8, and eight, I think 5-7, and seven, he probably still keeps his job, depending on the, the combination of wins. But Josh Hurd might have a decision to make. If you're going to have a season where that's not even, like, we're not thinking about that, because Louisville's clearly going to win at least seven, probably eight games. I don't think there's a combination of victories that gets you to that point that doesn't include beating Syracuse in week one. And if you lose... The vibe to start the season takes us right back to where we were in late December, where it was the UK game, the Air Force Bowl loss, were fresh in our minds, and it was like this—he's just not the guy. He's yeah. not going to get us to that point. What's going to change in the next eight months? And then you know, again, we didn't realize that getting some of the best players <laughs> in, in America to come play for us was a remote possibility. Right. But that happens; it changes everything up until this point when we need to prove it on the field. I, I think this is about as big a season opener as we've ever played. What other games come to your mind, like, as far as like when I'm when I'm talking about that? Because we've played in we've played some big time teams in yeah. games, but we've been a market underdog in all of those games. Like there haven't been a whole lot of games like this where it's according to Vegas at least could go kind of either way, and the stakes are 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 this high for for really for both teams because Babers is in the same spot. Yeah, I mean, I really it's hard not to go back to the 
the first ACC game, the Miami game. That's where, my only thought. Where, yeah, you know, it, it really sets the tone for how your program can, – can they play with the big boys, so to speak, uh, even though they obviously beat, beat Miami in the bowl game before, the year before, um, and, and Louisville's coming off of, what, 22-3 and three over the two seasons before. You're now going against, like, as we talked about, you know, I feel like it kind of goes back to – feels like right now we're in where we thought the ACC was going to be like coming in in 2014 where you just can't have Saturdays where you're just going to go out there and, hey, just go through the motions. Well, I feel like that's what we're seeing right now uh, with Syracuse. And it's because Vegas, obviously. It's because of the, the, the hype that they're getting. But at the same time, you know, I, I kind of go back to last year. Syracuse had a couple plays here and there where they – if the, those plays turn out right – the win against Syracuse last year would have been a big win as opposed yeah. to just being like another, you know, just another Saturday. So, you know, it is, I think I agree wholeheartedly. It's a very important win if they, 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 they a game that they need to win because you lose, you lose to Syracuse. You don't feel, you're not going to feel really great about UCF or Florida state. And now the first half of your schedule where you kind of have to go at least four and two. And you're talking about maybe being zero and three, you know, or one and one and four. That is, that's, that's that's no bueno. I mean, you're you're not the season's not going to go well at that point. So, you know, it's 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 extremely important. But I think the other thing is that there's a potential that this game spring springboards your entire season, and and the reason why I say that is because if you can come out against Syracuse had a top twenty five defense last year, you come out and your offense can do what they did to them last year again or even better, and your defense if your defense can shut them down again, you you now have your team believing that hey we're 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 legit and i feel like there's you know you've heard that there's a little bit of buzz about the team and these guys feel really confident mm-hmm. and there's there's some rumors coming out that these guys are very you know very confident that, that they're gonna have a better year than this and the other you go in and you actually show that you can do it now you have guys you have all these leaders these veteran players that they've been talking about guys that play which scott satterfield's made a good point about these older guys they have are all in the field too now you have these guys leading this team with this air confidence. That's that's a big deal compared to, you know, you go into Syracuse and you maybe struggle. Maybe you have a little bit of a hard time. You don't get that springboard into the next few games because, you know, when they get to UCF and Florida State, those teams have looked – they look pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, UCF has every transfer on, in America, you know, there right now. Um, you know, they have some things that you're going to have to – you know, there's some potential that you struggle in those games. Um if you come out to Syracuse and you're struggling against them, you just need that confidence boost. And I think if they can come out come out tomorrow night and play really well, I think it's more than just winning the game. It's I think if they can win it big, it really springboards the rest of the season. I, I don't obviously winning big would be ideal. Even if they don't win big, you know, a lot of times week one can be sort of a survive and advance mm-hmm. type deal, even for, for good teams. But I mean, I think we're all on the same page here. You can't lose. And, and I know it's a four-and-a-half-point spread for a season opener where you're on the road. And in most circumstances for Louisville football, historically, you would say, well, there's a lot on the line for both teams. Louisville clearly, to me, has much more to lose than they do to gain in this game. Because yeah. if you're if, if you're ranking, if you're power ranking, and I know who knows how the way things are going to look at the end of the season. If you're power ranking right now the 12 games on your schedule from easiest to hardest, like Syracuse it has to be in the top three top four of easiest you know most winnable games if, if you're circling like three games like oh we should get this one i feel like it's it's james madison usf and syracuse at this point yeah and if you can't i mean like, like you said if you can't beat syracuse whether it's on the road in louisville in Mar- on mars wherever 
you look at the rest of the schedule and you're like, okay, who do we feel confident about yeah. beating? Like yeah. maybe USF. I, don't, I mean, and nobody else. Yeah. Like the, it would set the the absolute wrong tone right out of the gate. And I'm not hell. We've we've seen in seasons past how setting the wrong tone right out of the gate can affect your next three, four, five weeks. I think it affected us last year against Ole Miss the way that we got yep. beat. Guys looked just. I think they thought they were going to be competitive, and then they got out there, and Ole Miss was bigger, faster, stronger, and just better. And I think the dudes were just kind of shook afterwards. Yep. I mean, you can make a case that Alabama derailed that whole 2018 season before it got started. You Obviously, you'd love to win big, but at this point, I'm like, okay, just, just win the game. Just win the game. Yeah. Just make it happen. We'll adjust. If, if it looks bad, if it looks ugly, we'll adjust before UCF. We know we've got the hosses at the positions that matter the most. Get it done. I mean, Louisville's lost home openers three last four years. I mean, they won. They yeah, three last four years they've won one. They've lost home openers. Well, season openers, you mean? Yeah, season openers. Yeah. Yeah. Western being the only one. And I think the other thing is you look at um, you know, I hate to compare to Nebraska, but one of the things that happened after that Nebraska lost to Northwestern, it was immediate. Like, who are they going to beat if they're not beating Northwestern? Sure. And then you, you then you the finality kind of sets in. It's like this is it. I mean, you're not going to be able if you, you. We know what's coming. You know, it, it's it's. We, this is the same story as last year, so to speak. But when you when you look at the schedule, to your point, and you say, okay, well, if they lose to Syracuse, who else are going to beat? That that seeps into the team, I think, because I think that if, at that point, I don't think any any anybody's going to sugarcoat the fact that hey, Scott, your job's on the line now. For sure. Like right now, it's hey, it's up in the air. But you lose to Syracuse, and it's the first people are going to pounce on the on the fact that like, hey, what you, what's going on? Like your job's on the line. What, how do you turn this around? <laughs> And I think that then that seeps straight into the team because you can't help but know that okay things are bad, and then that yeah there's that potential the snowball effect. The only thing I will say that you know I think that, I, that the other aspect I want to see them not do the things they did wrong last year. You know I, I want to see the running backs play better and and be a focal point of the well, offense. Well, is one of the highs, so that's not a problem. Right. We're good there. I want to see less less of the strain on, hey, Malik has to do everything. And I want to see the defense do all the things they did wrong last year. I don't want them, I don't want to see those things again. So that's the other aspect is it's, it's, it's even, you know, even with the win, you don't want to see some of these signs that, hey, this is why they lost close games last year creep in again because then you haven't fixed anything. And then, yes, you're headed towards potentially – Another, hey, well, we're seeing the same thing over and over. For sure, again. Is, is there a concern that because Keith, like you point out, like this is, I mean, we, we that that we go into this game, the players going with somewhat the fan base has that this should be an easy win, but Syracuse isn't really as easy that easy of a team. We've just kind of gotten that in our minds because we have dominated them the way we have the last three years, and you, we talk about Syracuse, you know, having somewhat some you know confidence. This is also their first game at Syracuse. They're we're finally having to go to their house. They haven't had us up there, you know. Whether we've beaten them, blown them out, you know, six out of seven years. The group that we're playing has, has been there what three years at the most. I don't know some with COVID stuff. Maybe they've been there six years. I don't know, but you know, uh, this, this shouldn't be. I just worry. Is there any concern that we're going to go into this game looking at it as Syracuse as a James Madison when they're really not, even though we've dominated them the way we have? I don't think they, I, don't, I don't think the staff's going to let them do that. We have we have well, two. We're one of the most experienced teams in college football too. That's, that's we have so many thing. super seniors. There's no way that they let that happen. I, I just think. I just hate to have it just a flop first quarter. Well, I see, and that's the thing. I think that's where that's one of the reasons why I feel a little bit more confident in this team overall is because you have this leadership of these veteran guys. Some of these guys have been here for so long that they they saw well, they saw the 2018 season, yeah. and some of these guys saw what what it was like coming out of that 2018 season and trying and starting over with, with Satterfield. 
I, I don't. I just don't see these guys being able to come into their veteran season. Some of these guys, their last year playing, and just kind of mailing it in at all. I think the you know I think the message is they want to. They feel like they can get over the hump. They want to win the ACC. All that. you lose those close games last year, and you see the changes that are made. Their guys leaving. They change your strength coach because that's. I, I think that's one of the most underrated changes they made. That is a huge deal. Some some strength coaches last 20, 30 years at their school because you just don't do that. You you keep the guys because those guys spend the most time with your players. They made that change, and from everything that we've been told and everything I've heard, it's been a big change for them to have Ben Siders here. And I think guys have bought into it, and they bring in all these new guys. I I just feel like they all the signs point to them being able to come out here and do what they're supposed to do. Um, I think the bigger thing for me is what can Syracuse do. It's less about what Louisville can do, at least in my my opinion. It's more about what is Syracuse going to be doing differently, and can they be better than they were last year, at least in the game against Louisville. To go back to your 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 point, kind of making the comparison to Nebraska, because Nebraska famously now has lost what I think seventy three consecutive one score <laughs> games. <laughs> it's some they're, they're I think five and twenty one in yep. one score games under Frost, and I know they they lost all eight of their Big Ten games last year by one score, and they lost last week by one score. There's a, a little bit of, I think, concern that Louisville's falling into that same trap where you just, at some point, it becomes a mental thing. And, yeah. and I always go back to Charlie Strong in the middle of that second year where he was like, we've got the guys that we want. We have the mentality. We have the culture that we need. The one thing that we have, the, the last hurdle for us, is finding out how to win. Like th- These guys, they were hurt at the end of the Craig Thorpe era. They went into games like not thinking that they were going to win when it was close in the fourth quarter. And he always said everything changed in that Thursday night game, I think it was a Thursday or Friday night game against Rutgers, when uh, it was uh, Anthony Connor got hurt, yep. and we won an ugly game. It was like sixteen to fourteen, but they made the plays necessary to win. And from that point forward, I think they they went two and four that year to start, won five games in a row, damn near won the Big East, and they just they knew how to win close games. And when Teddy took over, and with that staff and with that defense, when it was a one score game in the fourth quarter, you just had this overwhelming sense of well, they're going to get it done. Yeah. It's the exact opposite of where we are now because the last couple of years and the whole one or two plays away type deal, excuse-making, it's not going to carry any weight this year if it happens. And if it happens right off the bat, I think then you worry about it spiraling into a season-long thing once again. Because, I I mean, I can't imagine Syracuse is going to, to blow us out. So if it's a if it's a Q's win, you're assuming it's another close game where you look back and you're like, man, you know, miss yeah. kick here, fumble here, couldn't get done the fourth quarter, we got tired legs there, and then that be you run the risk of that being your identifying factor for the the next eleven games. And mm-hmm. I think it's why this game is so important. Get off to a good start, winning handily would be awesome, but just get the W and move on because yeah. we have the pieces that we need to have. I think in order to have a, a seven eight nine win type season, yeah. but you cannot. It ain't it ain't happening if you lose <laughs> tomorrow. It's just it's not. Yeah. It's 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 very, very hard to imagine them losing this game and then it just not being like, all right, well, we're we're in the Scott Frost Nebraska situation where people are just saying, when is it going to happen? It's just, Be, you, know, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, yeah, okay, well, we're just waiting for the bye week. To, Brian Brown, maybe you know? like you know, people just <laughs> just like totally change. Like, is Oscar? What's Oscar doing these days? Can Trinity part ways with him? So yeah, I think, I th- but I think you know, kind of to 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 piggyback about why I feel a little bit more confident on Louisville's end. I do think that the pieces they've added should help fix some of the reasons why they lost those close games. And I talked about Q Cole playing, you know, the 25th most snaps in the country and whatnot. C.J. Avery is right behind him. I mean, going into this year, and, I, and I've stressed this, I've, I've been on a couple other pods, and I'm like, okay, if they are not playing guys, these, these guys, these backups, 
these guys they brought in that are brought in for depth, some of these young guys that they touted, then that's they're doing it to themselves. You know, and that's why when I talk about the defensive line, if those guys aren't ready to play, then that's just another sign that that they can't do the job. You know, that the job's not going to get done with the staff. So the thing that I'm excited about though is that you have secondary where you have guys. I mean, you I, I can't remember the stat, and I'm I, I wish I did. I think they're at on the defensive side of the ball either too deep. I think they're at all but three or four guys have been a starter where they played. You know, you bring in Alole, he was a starter. You bring in a Jarvis Brownlee, Quincy Riley, and Cario Harper. All these guys were starters where they were before. And so when you can bring in guys with starting experience, you've got to play them. And so now maybe your starting strong safety isn't playing 916 snaps. Yeah. Maybe they're playing 700, you know, 600 maybe. And your backup is playing, you know, 300, 400. Well, that's that's something if, if they can – sustain the level of play putting in their backups that's how you get to the fourth quarter and you don't give up a ridiculous amount of points to virginia or you know whoever it may be air force air force Hell, anybody you can, you can even go to the duke game even though they're yeah up. i think we yeah. keep doing this line. I mean, every <laughs> yeah. game go like, on yeah, for a while besides yeah. syracuse keep doing yeah. what you're doing brian right, you know so <laughs> much. that's where that that's where i i feel like there's a little bit of plus but that also that also plays on the office side of the ball where now you have four running backs and seven, eight, nine offensive linemen they feel good about. When you get in late in games and you want to run the ball, you should be a little bit more effective because you can throw another running back in there. You can throw in Michael Gonzalez, Luke Condra. You know, that, that gives you a little bit more ability. And throughout the game you do that also so that even your starters are healthier, or sorry, more fresh at the end of the game. They've got to be able to do those things, and if they can do that and utilize those guys the right way, Hopefully we have we see some improvement. I think I need Keith's awesome optimism here. Give, give, sell me on the wide receiver group. I can't do that. Oh, okay. yeah, well, <laughs> that's the only group that I'm like because because there's thing you, you mentioned the running game. The running game can only take you so far. If you yeah. don't have a passing game that's going to get nine men I'm out of the box, about it. I, I, then I, we're. I mean, I don't care if we have Barry Sanders out there; it's not going to help us. It's the one area that we've heard the most about. So I'll, I'll give I'll give a little bit hopeful benefit of the doubt that they're not just flat out lying about how good Tyler Hudson's going to be. Tiotti. Um, you know, D. Wiggins. We call him on this show. I thought yeah. D. Wiggins was a pretty good player in Miami. I think he showed some flashes. If he got more opportunity, he can play. And I'm really big on Amari Huggins Bruce. But I, here's I mean, the thing: I, I like him in Braden. And I've watched. I, you know, I try to keep up with the media availabilities and watch those. Amari Huggins Bruce has been mentioned one time since the season ended, and I have no clue what to think of that. I'm genuinely they're worried, hiding him, right? That's I'm, what you say. I, 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 That's I'm what like, you say. I'm like, I'm like, hopefully they're just whoa, whoa. What just happened there? <laughs> That was very strange. Yeah. All right. Keith That's just like way. pulled out a microphone. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> We're fine. We're good to go here. Is U of L mad at us for bringing up Huggins Bruce? Are they cutting us off? As soon as I mentioned his name, everything is fine. <laughs> that was insane. <laughs> We're not having any technical like problems here. Flashback over Turn here. Or something. It did feel like you pulled out <laughs> a megaphone. He really yeah. likes Amari Huggins Bruce. He brought back one of those like fifties like <laughs> megaphones yeah. that you just like yell through. And just started talking about him. I tell you what, we got to take a couple quick texts here before we go to break, because then we're going to make our pick segment at the end. Um, Texas says, "Mike, if we win tomorrow, is Scott going to hit the gritty?" No, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I like. I don't, I don't know what hit the gritty is. It's the da- it's the dance that all the kids are doing. That's why I don't know what it is. Like exactly. Okay. Texas says, "Did Momo being named a captain over Monty surprise you?" No, no, that's literally what he does. It's what they've been talking about all off season long: is how much of a leader he's been, how much they've needed him. Um, and if you're going to name somebody besides Momo, Yasir Abdullah is the leading returning sack man in the ACC. It seems to make perfect yeah. sense. 
I mean, Keetra Clark maybe could, I guess, have gotten a nod, but he doesn't seem to like. That's not really his. Yeah. Linebackers more are looked at as the leaders. The, of the fact team. that he's a first, he's he's a first year middle linebacker with us, and he, he they thought he's done enough to get the captain status makes me feel good about that's him. That's his thing. Yeah. Like yeah. he's a great that's leader. A good point. Yeah. Uh, Texas breaking news: ESPN reports DJ Wagner is expected to commit to Syracuse for football. <laughs> no. Texas says, I no longer have food poisoning. Good to go for game day. There you go. Again, it's turning around. Ooh. The vibes are right. Good job. Texas, maybe the reason Jeff Brown blew the game last night is because he temporarily thought he was the Louisville head coach instead of the Purdue head coach. Mm, uh, no. That's a UK fan text. Texas, I thought we covered this already, that this year Sat gets a free pass because the recruits would bail without him, or did I miss something? No, he didn't get a free pass. You know, I really yeah. get a free and, pass. And I, believe me, I'm, I'm probably the – most in tune with, hey, we got to see what these recruits can do. You still don't get them a free pass. You don't get a free pass. I mean, because I'll say what I've said a million times. This will be the millionth and one before we start the season. If he goes four and eight or five and seven with the team, barring like a Malik Cunningham injury or something like that, if he goes four and eight or five and seven with this roster, I've got no faith in his ability to take this 2023 talent, as good as it may be, yep. and mold it into something that's special. That's, that's a point. 9, 10, 11 win team, totally which fair. is you know, what we want. I mean, that's why we get this, why we get excited about recruits. He, just the only, he, he had a technically a free pass in 19, maybe, and then he won eight games, and then maybe it was the worst thing he could have done for himself. If you get a free pass for anything, <laughs> it's 2020, the COVID year, because it was the COVID yeah, I was year. thinking the year at his first year would have been a so free I think, pass. I year. think 2020 got a free pass, and then he just threw it in a trash can what? with his whole flirting with South Carolina. Yeah, yeah you're totally right. It was his yeah, own fault, which true. I've said a million times. What were you doing, Scott? Yeah. Why? 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 <laughs> Texas says uh, it will be five SEC teams, five Big Ten teams, and two others. Louisville will still get left out. No, that's not going to happen. Uh, Texas says Purdue may start trending. Send Brom home soon. <laughs> 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 All right, that's funny. Texas says Ballard might get mail more and more these days. There you go. Nah. That's good to hear. I'll take it. Lucky once, once every couple of decades. I mean, I I think the time before when Devontae Parker, you know, and his his around that time, if I had to take a guess, I was probably on the team. Beat him before that. Him. Actually, Jeez. I didn't play that year. Was, yeah, but I was in high school at least when that happened. So it's a long time ago. All the teams on the team. Yeah. Texas, I need to know who that hoss is on Ballard. If I saw him running towards me, like I saw in those highlight videos, I would bleep my pants. Does Ballard have like a big time recruit? Not that I'm aware of. I don't, yeah, not that I know of either. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll try to get there. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we will do our first pick segment of the year. We'll pick uh, the high school game of the week, uh, the Louisville game, obviously, the other couple games of local note, and then the biggest uh, college games of the week. Before we do, reminding you about our guys over at First Bankers Trust. They work with each client individually to help you meet your financial goals. It's what sets First Bankers Trust apart. They offer a wide range. They also offer a wider range of services, including investment management, trust and estate services philanthropic services, and financial planning. If you want to find out more, visit firstbankerstrust.com. Banking starts, you know what it starts with. It starts with trust. Assets wealth management, everything starts with trust. First Bankers Trust, just like Scott Satterfield, they're going to make you feel the trust. I will take a break when we come back. Picks time. We'll make it happen here on 1450 The Big X. against Virginia.
This is more like it. Now we're ready to go. Uh, oh, you want to get ready to go, right? Yes. What are you, what are you gonna you play? Want, you want to get ready to go, do you? This better not be that stupid. Who wants some treats now? <laughs> yes. We in the Liberty Bowl. <laughs> win this thing. Hell yes. Dot com. It's the, it's the best song ever recorded. Best music video ever recorded. I have this, the volume of this jacked up to a max. You can still barely hear it. I know. It's, it's the only problem. <laughs> so who is the, like, I don't, uh, about them dogs, I appreciate you having the only version of the song on YouTube, but can we get another version? I mean, can we get something up there? We need the recording group to come out, which, again, they sold me the lesser known sequel to Weekend to Liberty Bowl, which was rolling to the Liberty Bowl the next year. Uh, I bought it from a guy at a White, uh, White Castle parking lot and played it all the time. And <laughs> I just love that. You can't find it anywhere else. You, you cannot find it. I, I lost that CD a long story. time ago when my car got broken into in high school. I, I mean, I'll, I still remember. We gonna roll to the Liberty I Bowl. See, I don't Wait remember for, that one. Two years in a row this year, <laughs> we bringing it home. And we did. They were right. They were Whoever they were, they were prophetic. They knew exactly what was about to happen. BYU, suck it. I hate to get into the stories of what I bought in a parking lot at a white castle I know, back I, in the day. <laughs> we don't need to do that. Because, folks, it is time. Uh, the, the picks contest is back. Uh, we did this last year. I beat Trevor by approximately 35 games, I think, was the final no, count. No, I, th- I thought I beat you last year. <laughs> you didn't come close to beating me. You Are know, you sure? You know that's not true. I have no I have no memory of this whatsoever. You just started doing And to your credit, you did the right game theory. The last few weeks, you would just pick random games because you had were trying to come back and win. So if it was like... Mm-hmm. Stanex versus Valley is the high school game of the week. You're like, I got to go with Valley. I got I to make it happen. And I think it made the, the, the final gap wider than it should have been. Did, didn't, our, didn't our records get thrown out with the cleaning crew? Uh, one, there was one week where I had to like go back and listen to the show. to get yes. they, they threw away my notes. And I was like, well, that's, that's not good. It looks great in here, but I have no idea who we picked. <laughs> I think they, they have cleaned. You can t- I know when they've cleaned in here because the little shelf here in front of my computer is not like dusty. Like that's how I know. Usually it. a good sign. <laughs> that's a good sign. So we do this every week. Uh, we, we try to make it into a contest last year. We will. We have other contests that we're about to have this season. So this will not be a part of that. Um, I was actually going to do one today because we have some prizes to give away for the first time in a long time. What are you give me? Excited about? It. You're not getting anything. I never. Um, I was going to do like best dad football joke, but then you know, we ended up having too much great conversation. Is there a good dad football joke, corny football joke that comes to your mind? Uh, I mean, why are you asking the only non-parent in the room? I mean, well, my kid does look suspiciously like. Him, yeah, so. I mean, I'm the only one here without kids that I know of. I, I used mean. to love the like, I used to love the old corny dad jokes where it was like, you're the safest place to be during a storm, Commonwealth Stadium. They haven't seen a touchdown there in years. Now, every time, <laughs> yeah, sev- I like that. My seven-year-old self was like, my God, this is the this is the pinnacle of comedy. <laughs> it doesn't get better. Or the old possum. What was the possum one that they used for every team? It's like. How is blank football like a possum? It's like they get, uh, like they kick, they get their ass kicked at home, and then they play dead on the road. It was something we like that. We clearly grew up in different circles. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> you've never heard any joke. Okay, go to any message board. I mean, we grew up in completely different circles. I promise you that. I mean, it's not about growing up. Like you can find these on like any college football website in like the two thousands or message boards probably today. I didn't. Well, I've never been a message board guy either, so that's probably why. Well, Plus, I grew up with uncles and not dad, so. Well, I mean, these are dad. It was like, my dad wasn't making these jokes. It was more yeah. like friends' dads. Uh, but I laughed every single time. 
Um, I love the touchdown one. Yeah, so we, we can do that. But we're going to do our picks today. We do a high school game of the week. I put the poll out this morning. There was a runaway winner. Not a whole lot of competition this week. I think it's clear. Uh, two of the powerhouse programs in not just the city, not just 6A, but the entire state, Senex and Mail. Um, rematch of last year's 6A championship game. Senex is on the road, I believe. I believe that it's is correct, at, yeah. At, you would know. Uh, your uncle, I'm sure your, your yep. family's working the gate there. Mom's working the gate tonight. X 2-0, impressive in both of its first two victories. Want to save 10 bucks, suck up to Trevor to her. There you go. Uh, knocking off Owensboro and Central. And then Mail coming off a surprise loss last week to uh, Keith Wynn's Ballard Bruins. Mm. I will let Keith kick this off. St. X, on the road, taking on Mail. Who you got? I got to go with Mail. Um, Whoa. I, 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 all right. <laughs> I know they lost a Ballard. I know St. X is, 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 is obviously a good team. I really like uh, – I, I, I'm not going to remember the kid's name, but they're running back. Uh, big kid, number seven, Daniel something, I believe. Sure, that he's kid, listening. He's like, yeah, about right. yeah, like, come on, Terrible man. names. Uh, that kid runs really hard. Uh, I really think that, you know – if they can get him going, I know they've got a couple of other players on offense they really like, but I think he's the key, and if they can really get him going like he did last year, he was. I thought he was the key to their team, and they had some really talented guys. Uh, I think if he can get going, I think they're going to win the game. I liked. I was surprised when we talked because we talked a little bit about Ballard Mail on Monday show. Just like I was talking Briefly. about, like watching the highlight video and stuff. I got hit up by like several, and I don't use that word loosely. Like several male fans who were just like, "Heard you guys talking about the game." Just so you know, like, male was clearly the better team. It didn't really show. <laughs> like, they just didn't make enough plays. I didn't realize the bulldog listenership to the show was so strong <laughs> and so sensitive. But there were a lot of people who were very willing to let me know that male was better than they showed last week against Ballard. And that it was kind of a fluky victory in their eyes. So maybe he's on to something. Um, I'm going with Sanex. I think they're the, the better team. I mean, the, until somebody knocks them off, they're the top dog in 6A. They've looked strong the, the first two weeks. Kevin Wallace seems to have a good thing going there. Uh, I'll ride with them. Trevor Kelsey, who you got? Uh, I guess I'm the tiebreaker here. I wish you'd let me go before Keith because my explanation is going to sound a lot dumber. <laughs> uh, but I'm going male. Uh, everything he said. Ditto. There you go. <laughs> I don't know anything. Else, I don't know anything else about him. I know listening to Saint X last week and Mr. John Spears, uh, who's the voice of uh, Saint X football, that I guess Saint X has had some trouble getting a running game going, maybe, and that they could come back and bite him. How are you guys picking against against X on the home of X? Big X is the home of X, and you guys are both picking mail. I'm the only loyal. Man, and you're a company guy. Well, you know, I'm a company guy. Doing things first. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we're not sellouts like business.louisville.edu. <laughs> Check it out. We love it. Uh, also tonight, we'll start the college football games now with a uh, a game that's on tonight. A little bit of a, a lighter slate than what we saw last night, but we will hear, and you can hear this on our airwaves, I believe, tonight as well. One of our stations, Indiana, Illinois. Yeah, I've already promoted it like twice. I know which which station is it though? The big one, the ninety six one. Ninety six one. Thank you, ninety six one. Well, then where's the X game? Because they're going on at the same time. I just said the X game was on Big X because you told me that. 94.7. 94.7. Yeah. When I asked you if the X was on Big X. I brought X, this up in hour one. Is this how you feel with me? you said that too. You said that was on. Is this what it's like being in your shoes with but then me? I, I asked you if it was on the Big X too, and you said yes. Uh, probably because I wasn't listening to you. Thank you. That's that's that, that's the more likely explanation. So you can hear this we're not game. We're going three hours together anymore. Well, now I should have now I should have picked mail because we're not the home of Big of Cinex tonight. But you can hear this game tonight on our airwaves, fourteen fifty the Big X. You can also watch it on FS1. Illinois on the road taking on Indiana. Uh, former Syracuse quarterback to tie everything together, Tommy DeVito. Quarterback in the Illini. Uh, again, eight o'clock kickoff. IU a slight favorite, one point favorite. Um, I'll go first here. I'm going Illinois in the upset. I'm picking against the home team here. Indiana, I mean, 
were supposed to be good last year. They suck. Like, yeah. like let's be real. Yeah. I, I think Tommy DeVito, now that he has an actual offensive line, he's calling out Syracuse. He's playing with some swag. They get it done on the road. IU starting another miserable season in the Big Ten with a home loss. Uh, Trevor, you get to go second. IU needs this win. This game probably, is, if not more than Louisville, needs Syracuse game. That's probably a fair. I second. mean, this is a team that, that is yeah didn't even win a game. I think in Big Ten last year. Uh, I being IU coming off maybe what their greatest season since Lee Corsell took him to the Rose Bowl, and I don't think he's actually coached him in the Rose Bowl, but who cares? Um, that's, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with uh, despite all that I'm going Illinois and the good fellow Tommy Devita Devita whatever his name is. There uh, you go, nailed it. Yeah, he's, yeah don't, don't put a hit on me. I'm going with <laughs> Illinois on this one. Keith, who you got? Um, I think Illinois. I think Indiana's biggest issue for me, at least, is that I don't know what their quarterback play is going to look like. <laughs> I'm not even sure they they have a they've named their quarterback yet. And I think since they lost their offensive coordinator, who is now what Fresno Washington's coach now, I think uh, Kellen DeBoer. I think since they lost him, their offense just really turned into a pumpkin. So uh, I don't see them playing well. And Illinois looked really nice last week. We'll move on to Saturday Illinois now. Did last week, didn't it? Yeah. We'll move on to Saturday, seven o'clock. ESPN jumping straight to a late game here, but Utah, who I still, every time I see like the number seven next to their name, I'm like, seriously, really? <laughs> uh, they're on the road taking on Florida, despite uh, being the number seven team in the country and Florida being unranked. Betters, not a whole lot of faith in the Utes. They're just a two and a half point favorite. Uh, Keith, you get to go first here. Who you got? Utah, Florida. I think Utah wins big. Um, I like their, I like their quarterback. Uh, they're always nasty on defense. They're always really big in the up front on the defensive line. So uh, Florida, I think. Uh, struggles a bit this year. I think you know their recruiting went down with Dan Mullen just not caring. And I'm I'm not. I, I need to see Billy Napier do it at Florida before I can really see him beating top ten teams. Dan Mullen, by the way, picked Louisville to finish last in the Atlantic Division. I saw that. I'd be worried if it was somebody besides Dan Mullen. Yes, there you go. That was my response <laughs> to you. Trevor, Utah, <laughs> Florida. Who you got? Uh, this is a tough one, but I'm going to go. Keys has helped me somewhat convinced. Uh, between me liking Cameron Rising as a quarterback and my neighbor who has all the Utah flags in front of his house, I'm going to go the Utes. I'm going Florida. Florida in the upset. You just have to be Mr. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't believe in Utah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in the Utes. I don't believe in the Utes. That's I'm going fair. Florida. Pull off the home victory. They don't have a good year, but they start off on a positive note here. Um, we'll move be on. A, between Rising and Emory Jones, that matchup should be fun to watch, though. It should be a good game. Uh, 3.30 ESPN, a little bit earlier. This is the game that will precede Florida versus Utah. Uh, top 25 matchup. Cincinnati, fresh off its college football playoff appearance, on the road in Fayetteville, taking on the favorite team of Keith's in-laws, uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks. <laughs> Arkansas, six-and-a-half-point favorite. I'll go first. I, I, I can't tell you anything about Cincinnati. I, I know that they lost a healthy amount of what made them so good last year. I feel like Arkansas wears them down. I want to pick Cincinnati in this game. I'm going with the Hogs. I think they get the job done in a like 30-24 to 24 kind of ugly slugfest. Keith, who you got? Yeah, I agree. I think that it'll be close, close-ish, but I think Arkansas just has too much for Cincinnati, which, you know, the, the hardest thing about being in that group of five is sustaining your, your level because your talent, once it leaves, who do you replace them with? Uh, but even though I think Cincinnati has some, some – they've been recruiting well – you just got you got to replace so much, and it's going to be hard to replace all those guys at the same time. So I think they take a step back, and I think Arkansas is on their way up. Trevor, Arkansas covers. They win by fourteen or more. There it is. We love. I, I think since I don't. I mean, since they's got to show it to me, and and, I, and I, they they can make me look like a goober this week. Until then, I'm going against them. Three thirty as well. ABC two top twenty five games going on at the same time. This is the first big one of the year. Number eleven Oregon versus number three, Georgia, in the Chick-fil-A kickoff. I think we've played in this game a couple of times. Um, Georgia, reigning national champions, playing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, should be a, a 
solid home field advantage. They are 17-point favorites in this game. Keith, who you got? I think Georgia covers that easy. Um, I, I just Oregon was, was good last year. They lost some guys, too. Um, and I just don't think they're going to be able to. I mean, Georgia is just Georgia. Oregon covers, Georgia wins, and it's not like you know, it's not like a good, sexy cover. It's like a they won by fourteen, and it was never that close. We, we, we don't pick by the spreads, though, do we? No, we're just picking straight up. That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, for the record, now now I can watch Chick Fil A. You mentioned that. Too. There you go. Now you just made me. It's open. You can watch. make it happen. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm going Georgia as well. I mean, I just again the same. Cincinnati's got to show me they they can rebuild from everything they lost last year. Georgia has to show me they they can. They haven't rebuilt. I mean, they're just going to reload. And until they show me otherwise, I'm Georgia's still a dominant Georgia. How about this? Midnight. Who's your quarterback this year? Honolulu. <laughs> Hawaii. Hosting the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Yeah, baby. Can, can you hear this one on 1450? Yes, you can. You can hear right. the action right here on 1450. <laughs> right after the Bats game, we'll go right into uh, the, the exciting tones of Mr. Randy Lee. Soon as the bat, soon as he tells Nick Curran tells the bats fans that you can open up the doors and let the ushers in, the game is over. The the, the hilltoppers will come on through. Playing in front of seven thousand fans because it's all it holds at the Clarence T C Ching Athletics Complex. That weird situation going on in Hawaii. They what a got great name! Blasted by Vanderbilt last week. Western started off with a fairly strong performance against Austin P in the first game of the year. Uh, Trevor, you get to go first here. Tops or Rainbow Warriors? Who you got? Well, as someone who is a partial Tops uh, alumni. Being the fact I went there for a few semesters. He's an alumni very loosely. Very playing fast and loose with that term. Not even loosely, just wrong. Yeah. But okay. I don't even know if I even paid them all back their loans. But uh, <laughs> I'm going toppers, baby. Hawaii, I'm sorry. Timmy, Tommy, Chang. Timmy. Timmy. Either with Timmy. I can't forget. Either one. It's no. That's, enjoy the vacation, guys, toppers, because it's going to be a double double stack vacation with a win in, in the beaches. Timmy's Warriors didn't look, did not look great. If you get blown out by Vanderbilt, I don't, Ooh, know if you're, yeah. I don't have faith in you to beat pretty much anybody, and that includes Western Kentucky. Tops get it done. They moved to 2-0. and Keith, who you got? Yeah, I think I, I'm rooting hard for uh, Hawaii, but it's just not going to happen. Uh, they look really bad against Vanderbilt, so, yeah, Tops easy. Um, UK, I don't know. What, what Tops is, offense look differently <laughs> without having – Exactly. UK plays. <laughs> I don't even know what time they play. Who cares? They play at seven. Seven o'clock. Can we all agree Kentucky's going to win? Can we just move on? I mean, we're sure. rooting for rooting for Miami, yeah. right? Well, I mean, of course we're rooting for Miami. Come on, fighting Kent Taylors. Are you picking? <laughs> by the way, I loved speaking of the high school games of the week. Like when I put the thing up about um, uh, COVID earlier this week. Like I'm getting all these nice messages, which was if I haven't responded to you yet, I promise I'm going to get to everybody. Uh, it was very cool. Like, it's making me feel better than I felt like in a long time. And right in the middle of all those messages. Um, Kent, uh, Kent, Kent Spencer texts me, and he's like, you haven't said anything about me just destroying Frick so far this year in the Pick'em contest. <laughs> <laughs> it, it made me laugh so hard. It was so wonderful. I was like, I was like, I, I needed that right there. It was, it was beautiful. Would you trade a Louisville loss to Syracuse for a Kentucky loss to Miami, Ohio in week one? No. Okay, I'm just curious. No, not, not even close. Uh, but I would like it. I would like <laughs> for a Can we just move on from this pick? Yeah, we're taking UK it. Wins. Kentucky. Yeah. Keith, Kentucky, yeah. yeah sure. Suck a cat. It's possible. Keith wants to pick Miami. I mean, I'll take a loss. They're only 15-point favorites. That's a small spread. Miami, I think, is picked to win their division in the MAC. They're picked to win e- either win or be second. The I, I fighting Oliver Rutherfords. Yeah. I mean, name any Miami? Ohio, Travis Prentice? I mean, Travis Prentice. Yeah. Devin yeah. Davis. Manual kid. Yeah. Um, we'll go to we'll pick Louisville's game last, but Sunday. You've heard me make this rant before. The fact that there aren't more games than the late night game on Sunday of a holiday weekend is the dumbest thing that college football has ever done. Have games all day long. Saying a lot, by the way. Own the Sunday. <laughs> it's the only. It's the last NFL list Sunday that you're going to get of the year. Nobody's working on Monday. People want to watch games, drink, and have a good time. Put. I don't care if it's crap games. 
If it's a game that's overshadowed by another game on Saturday afternoon, move it to Sunday because yeah. Lord knows we're going to watch. But instead, we're spending the entire day waiting for the, the uh, only game, which is a 7.30 kickoff on ABC from the Superdome in New Orleans. Florida State taking on LSU, two teams, um, big-time brands, not exactly riding high into the season after some some down last year's. LSU just a three-point favorite in this game. Uh, Keith, you could go first. Who you got? I think LSU. Um, I think they have more uh, more talent, and I think Brian Kelly has some things to work with. I think his quarterback situation is solid, uh, which is always what matters most. I'm not totally sold on Florida State's offense yet, but their running game looked really good last week. But LSU is usually pretty good up, you know, front on defense. So I think LSU. I think it's. I think it's close, but I think LSU uh, handles them. I'll say LSU. Ten feels right. I'm not, I'm not there with Florida State yet. I still. Yeah. I know they blasted Duquesne. Yeah. But I'm not a, not a big believer. I'm, not, you got? I'm not there with Florida State. I think what LSU does to Florida State could be considered a league in 17 states. Ooh. I think. Ooh. And it's not, I think it's going to be that bad. That's how bad I think it'll okay. be. All right. The big game of the weekend, besides Louisville Syracuse, of course, is 7:30 on Saturday. ABC number five Notre Dame. On the road, taking on number two Ohio State. I got multiple friends who are Ohio State fans, uh, I guess, and Notre Dame fans going to this game. I feel better for the Ohio State fans than yeah. the Notre Dame mm-hmm. fans. OSU, 16 point favorites. I feel like this is the classic, like, point and laugh at Notre Dame. 16 point favorite yeah. over a number five team in the game. People country. love seeing Notre Dame just get blasted. Yeah. People love when they I feel do. like Notre Dame is overrated. I don't think it gets, like, like you know, Manti Teo, Alabama game bad, but I think Ohio State has their way. I think maybe it's, it's interesting for a half, and then OSU pulls away late. They just have, I mean, they're too good. I'll say Buckeyes, they don't cover, but it's close. I'll say they win by, how about this, 15 points. There you go. I mean, that's a hell of a lot of points to cover in two top five games. Kind of a ridiculous spread. It is. Trevor, who you got? Uh, I think um, I'm with you on the cover thing, but Ohio State, I'm going to say around 14, 15. I think they go up big early, like 24 nothing early, and just kind of pull the brakes off and then end up winning like 31, 17 or something like that. Keith went. So I was thinking the other day about the best coordinator hires. You know, talking about Robert and I at, at Syracuse, and I think he's probably one of the top three. The top coordinator hiring to me, though, is Ohio State. Got uh, Jim Knowles out of, Ohio, out of Oklahoma State, and that was a big issue. So I think they're going to be much better on defense this year. They've got the talent, obviously. Uh, as much as I'm rooting for Marcus Freeman, I think he's great. I think he's, uh, he's just a yeah. fun guy to root for. I think they're just going to get manhandled. I think their defense is just going to get eaten up by Ohio State's wide receivers, and it's going to be a really, really bad one. Why is Notre Dame number five? Like, I, I look at it, I'm like, okay. I'm like, I mean, clearly the Vegas doesn't believe in that. If you're a 16 point favorite home or not, it's number five. That's it seems like a little much. I mean, that's got to be one of the higher spreads we've seen in a top five matchups, right? And Notre Dame talent wise is just not not there. I mean, I think he's going to get them there. They have the number one class for next year already, but yeah, they they just don't have a lot of. Talent. I mean, the problem is, is a good even good coaching can only take you so far defensively. Yep. I mean, you're eventually going to wear down, and and that's gonna have players. All right, the big show. 8 o'clock, ACC well, Network. It's the big show. Carrier, I'll never call it, JMA Wireless Dome. Louisville versus Syracuse. The spread keeps going up towards the cards. Still relatively small, though. U of L, as it stands right now, a five-point favorite in this game. Season opener. First predictions of the year. Keith Wynn, you get the first swing. Give us what you got. It's funny. I said I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do predictions this year, and this is just not going to happen. I can't I can't get away from you gotta it. you got to do one on the radio. Yeah, you know, i got to do it. You know, the podcast, radio, whatever. got to do it. Um... You know, I still feel I feel I feel Louisville's going to win this game. Um, you know, I'll, I'll admit that it, it could get close; it could be a shootout. But uh, I don't see anything from Louisville's standpoint that makes me concerned that they can't at least uh, win this game. Uh, but like I said, Syracuse does have some new things on offense that that could make it a lot closer than it's expected to be. But I still feel, feel like Louisville's going to win. Trevor, 
I'm definitely nowhere near as negative as I was last year going into the Ole Miss game. Good. Where That's I picked a good Louisville to lose by like 21. You did. It was a healthy margin. And then I was unfortunately right. Uh, but I, I do think this game isn't as – I don't want Louisville fans to be expecting the blowout there that we've seen the last few years. I think Louisville does have – seems a little closer early. Uh, that said, I'm going to pick Louisville to win by 10. I'm going to say Louisville jumps out early. We have a bad end of the first half, which has been kind of a thing with Scott Satterfield. Syracuse makes it closer than it should in the early first, uh, early third quarter, and then Louisville seizes control. Covers relatively easily. I'm going to say I'm going to take back what I said when we were talking about game-by-game uh, game predictions earlier this week. I'm going to take it down just a little bit. I say Louisville 37, Syracuse 24, and I'd be satisfied with Does that. Does Syracuse lead at any point in the game? Unless it's the first score, then no. I think they take an early second. I think they take a, a lead briefly in the second half, and that's it. I'm saying no. A reminder again: you can hear all the Keith, action. Do you want to answer that one or no? On, he just did. He did. We went before you. <laughs> he, I didn't see him answer. I just saw him give like About a look. Whether or not Syracuse, I, I think unless it's early and like you know Sean Tucker breaks off a big run or whatever like that, I can't see that. Okay, he's got, he's got a little. We'll see. He's, he's good. It's a main answer, man. It's a prediction. He did. He did. He's he boss. He's all, but I mean, don't, don't let he was him. First. Don't bully you like that. I'm all, you're also your boss, and you don't. <laughs> Listen to anything I say. That's what I'm telling Keith <laughs> yeah, to do. Exactly. <laughs> Reminder, you can hear all the action on our sister station, 970 WGTK. The first broadcast is going to go down uh, Saturday right here uh, on WGTK, Louisville, Syracuse. Let's get this done. Scott, one last time, buddy. Got to be Syracuse, man. We need you to make this happen. Everybody have a fantastic holiday weekend. Go Cards. Beat Syracuse. Get it.